1: One
2: semester of law school. One semester of criminal justice. Two
1: experts. I'm Kristen Caruso. I'm Brandi Pond. Let's Let's go go to court. court. On this episode, I'll be talking about a fire. And I'll be talking about a fire. (laughs) (laughs) I had not read our
2: intro form here since Kristen had filled hers out, and I just discovered but a moment ago... (laughs) we were both going to be talking about fires, which makes this our, our third episode in a row with an accidental theme.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because our bonus episode, which we just recorded. Yeah. Oh, plug. Oh, wow. She's so good at this. She's such a business cat. Yeah. We recorded a bonus episode. It was excellent. huh?
2: Yeah. And we talked about a theme. We had an accidental theme on that one, too. And, she doesn't even
1: remember what we and, talked no, this about. this would be our is.
2: fourth episode in a row because we had Fugitives. We had moms. We had whatever we talked about on the bonus episode, which was a a, merely a day, a, a day, and a day half ago, ago, and I can't remember what it was. Too many lawyers. Oh yeah. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then today, fires. Hmm.
1: Well, we're, we're in sync, folks. Our cycles have synced up. Mm-hmm.
2: That's not true.
1: Working havoc on our plumbing. <laughs> <laughs> Brandy, good to see you yet again. Uh, my it's been so
2: long. It has been so long. You know, we literally finished recording the bonus episode at like eleven thirty Monday nights. It's true. It's true. And to listen to that episode, all you got to do is join our Patreon at the five dollar level or higher. That's any level on Patreon gets you that meaty bonus episode. It is a meaty one. Yeah, we and talked it's good. and talked and we talked, talked. talked about all
1: kinds of stuff. And things. I made fun of you a lot in that episode, and I really had a good time. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad one of us did. Yeah, you know, I can't. (laughs) No, I'm kind of excited to listen back to that episode because I really enjoyed mocking you and um, (laughs) talking about how mean you are. Which, man, if you want to see Brandy get really agitated, tell her she's mean.
2: (laughs) Oh, no. Tell her she
1: loves Dr. Phil, which she does. Oh, Lord, I do not. She does love Dr. Phil. He's problematic, but so is Brandy. Okay. Anyway, a um, match made in heaven. The other things that you could get
2: on our Patreon are you could get inducted into the Supreme Court. That's true. You can do that at the $7 level, and you can get a card with our autographs and a sticker. That's a good time. Also available at the $7 level. If you're feeling spendy at the $10 level, that's the Bob Ooh, rich. Moss level. Okay. You can get ad-free episodes, and you can get
1: them a day early. Woo! Also, I don't know if we still have any more juvenile Bigfoot hoodies left, yeah. because I can't tell the future. Right. I also can't predict the future. <laughs> but, you know, go to the website. Yeah, lgtcpodcast.com to see if they're there. Mm. You know what else they get at that level? <gasps> a discount. Oh, well, I okay, that's true. That's a 10% discount. Okay. The other thing, though, do you know the other thing? They get our... That poem you wrote about Dr. Phil. That's rude. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Neither does the poster that Kristen mentioned in the bonus episode.
1: <laughs> you know,
2: someone is going to believe this, and then there's just going to yeah, be all I this... Yeah, I hope. Kristen! Really,
1: I hope. Should we rehash? What... No! no! Okay, okay, fine. Fine, go to that episode. And, you know, if if you walk away from that episode... Thinking, oh my gosh, Kristen is just such a sweet person and Brandy's so mean to her. No one ever sticks up for Kristen. Maybe I should everywhere. You know, if, if that's how you feel, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> 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 oh boy. Oh, goodness gracious. You know what I think we ought to do right now? What's that? An ad. <laughs>
0: according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.
2: With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need.
1: Why does your face look like that? Well, I'm sure it's gonna be really sad. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love how you're like, why are you? What? What's the problem?
2: Yeah. Oh, for sure, it's sad. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Okay. A uh, shout out to chillingcrimes.com. <gasps> uh, it's been a while. Uh, it has since been a while, and this crimes. comes almost entirely from their entry on this case. It was meaty and thorough, and had excellent court coverage. So.
1: Who was the author? They don't give an author. It's just... Written by a ghost? Yep. Okay. (laughs) That doesn't seem right, but all right. Okay.
2: Hold on. I don't like where my page is positioned. I need to move it a scotch. Thank you. Okay.
1: Wow. Okay. Very good. (laughs) Kind of diva behavior right now.
2: Absolutely. Also, where are my brown M&Ms? I like the brown ones because they have less
1: artificial coloring. No. No one says that ever. No, that's from a movie. Oh. Well, naturally. In The Wedding Planner starring Jennifer Lopez. Don't you guys Jennifer think Lopez? it's kind of fucked up that, like, she said that to me knowing that I don't watch a lot of movies, so she, like, knew it would go right over my head? She's kind of fucked up, huh? Yeah. No. That's what they're anyway in the just, wedding planner. Just planting
2: the seeds, starring Jennifer Lopez and Matthew McConaughey. He only eats the brown M and M's because he figures they have less artificial coloring because chocolate's already brown. But the candy coating what? is not made of chocolate, so that makes no fucking sense. Also, why not just eat regular chocolate? No, he likes M and M's. Kristen, his name is Steve.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, I had no idea his name was Steve. <laughs>
2: does that changed
1: everything. It really does. <laughs> you know, I let Steve's get away with whatever. That's right. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay, I'm glad we've. Speaking of Steve's, this has nothing to do with Steve. Speaking of getting away with whatever. Okay, so David and I were watching the parade this morning. By the way, Chiefs won the fucking Super Bowl. And uh, there's so many police, like, along the. Like parade route and everything, David's like they're all named Steve. No, David was like, you know, it's probably like the perfect day to try and like get away with a crime in Kansas City because all of the police are downtown,
1: manning the parade. And yet here we are, being total chumps, recording a podcast. (laughs) That's right. When we could be murdering our enemies. That's right. Mm -hmm. Mm. Okay. Anyway, it was wait. That's
2: how did you get there from? You said I let Steve's get away with it. Oh, get away. Okay,
1: okay. Yeah. Uh, All right. I'm with you now. Okay. Very good. (laughs) I thought you were going to tell us a story about your stepdad getting away with something. No, his name is Steve. What has he gotten away with? I don't know. Oh, damn. We'll have to have
2: him on the pod. Yeah, he's gotten away with my mom's heart.
1: (gasps) Oh. And she fell in love with him at a parade. So, makes sense. <laughs> Does make total sense. sense. No, they fell in love over
2: uh, English muffins. What? They met at a call center that sold English muffins. <laughs> what? Yeah. Used to have to order shit like out of a catalog, and so yeah, they were like at the fulfillment center where people uh-huh. would call in and place their orders for Wooferman's English muffins.
1: Wait, they only did English muffins? I
2: am not positive about that. I was very young, but I know they had English muffins. I
1: would, I would hope they'd have a variety of things. I think there were
2: jellies too.
1: Well, yeah, I would fucking hope <laughs>
2: so. I think they did like gift
1: baskets, okay? But specifically,
2: now- they were known for their English muffins.
1: All right. This is this is making a little more sense. Yeah. Initially, I thought you were saying like they literally met over a set of English muffins. No. And I thought that doesn't seem sexy or romantic at They were at both anyway. in the grocery store and they reached for the
2: same oh package God. of English muffins. That'd be so adorable. Okay. Anyway, that was like 30 years ago. They've been married forever and it's they're great.
1: Wow, way to really just <laughs> take the spark out of that story. Anyway. Anyhow, I've had enough tangents. Okay, perfect. Okay. It was the morning of November 28th. Did people call in with complaints?
2: 2014. I'm sure they did. <laughs> <laughs> this one has too many nooks and crannies. I think it'd be more like there's not enough nooks and crannies. I can't get my jam packed in there.
1: Mm. huh.
2: I I totally understand. We ate a lot of English muffins. We had English muffin pizzas a lot. Uh I assume they got free English muffins. I don't really know. As I mentioned,
1: I was like five, so. Right. You weren't like, who paid for this? Who paid for this? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm sorry. I interrupted as a hilarious joke.
2: And now I take it back. Okay, thank you. It was the morning of November 28th, 2014, the day after Thanksgiving, when a call came into the Fort Worth, Texas 911 dispatch center. On the line was Stephen Lee. He said that he believed there was a fire in the unit above his in the River Ranch apartments. He said that his carbon monoxide detector had started going off and then water had started leaking into his apartment from the unit above. He believed it was coming from the building's sprinkler system. Mm-hmm. The unit above Stephen's was
1: occupied by
2: – oh, this guy's name Steve.
1: Wow. Hmm. Anyway. A lot of Steve's happening. While he was making the call, was he eating an English muffin? Uh, I, I don't know. We're so going we to assume rule he was. It out. Yeah. Yeah. The
2: unit above Steve's was, I don't know that he goes by Steve. He was referred to as Steven in all of the stuff that I read. So.
1: Yeah, please don't fuck this up. Okay. <laughs> I know it's a lot to ask. The
2: unit above Steven's was occupied by 31 year old Ashley Harris. Ashley's friend, Jeff Kaiser, K A Y S E R, you think that's Kaiser? Like Kaiser, a Kaiser role? I, I was assuming, wow. but I'm not positive. There's just bread buns, episode. buns all over the place. Mm-hmm. I've asked Kristen to stop shaking them repeatedly now, but she refuses to stop. <laughs> you really did shake them earlier. You're like,
1: not my buns, my I, boobs. No, you
2: no downstairs. Ma'am, <gasps> oh,
1: that's right. You bit in half. I did,
2: and shook your buns.
1: <laughs> well, I had to do that to show you and Norm what I would do if I was in a polyamorous relationship. <laughs> Spoiler alert, I'd bang everybody. That's right. Um, And I'm sorry, everyone, but I'm not in a polyamorous relationship. So, you know, keep um, it in your pants. Also, we apologize because this is our second episode in a day and a half. And so we are attention spans
2: are tiny today.
1: (laughs) If you hate tangents, this is not the one for you. But if you want to hear about how I shook my butt, do you ever shake your butt? I feel like you don't shake your butt much. And boy, if I had your butt, I'd be shaking it all I over town. I actually
2: shake my butt a lot, but I reserve it for one person.
0: Oh, <laughs> oh! I'm sorry. I didn't realize you were such a good Christian woman. I'm not.
2: I just. I'm not confident enough to shake it in front of other people. But my husband enjoys it a lot, so I shake it for him.
1: And I bet you say hashtag worth the weight all the time. <laughs> Anyway, thank you for saying if you had my butt, you would shake it all the time. I do all kinds of stuff with your butt. (laughs) (laughs) For example, you know how I didn't figure out that I had butt pimples until like a year ago? Yeah. Because I just never look at my butt in the mirror. If I had your butt, I'd be looking in the mirror quite a bit. (laughs) I'd notice the first thing (laughs) something went wrong. Like, it would would not take much time. Anyhow. Good to know. I don't look at my butt that often. (laughs)
2: Hmm. You know, I didn't grow up valuing my butt, so... Well,
1: yeah, yeah. I was only, the '90s. Exactly. I've
2: only come to appreciate it as of late. Well, so. and
1: the good thing is that's going to go away because heroin chic is coming I back in. Know. So, whatever self-esteem you've yeah, built great. up,
2: it's, <laughs> it's, I'm about to flush it down the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, so Jeff K- Kaiser, K-A-Y-S-E-R. You think or Kaser? Either way. Why I'm not would sure. you ask me any question? Anything. Okay. Uh, so he lived in the same apartment complex and he was awoken that November morning by the sound of like fire alarms going off in the complex. There was just like a bunch of commotion. And it didn't take long for him to realize that the source of the fire appeared to be Ashley's apartment. And then he looked in the parking lot and he saw that Ashley's truck was still parked there. And so he ran to Ashley's door. Mm. By this time there was like a crowd gathering, waiting for the fire department to get there. And Jeff made his way like through the crowd up to Ashley's apartment and either he like fucking kicked down the door and went in or perhaps a maintenance person unlocked the door for him. It's cited different ways in different articles.
1: So that's interesting. It is.
2: I like to imagine that he kicked the door down, but I'm guessing the maintenance guy unlocked it for him.
1: It could be both.
2: Yeah, like he, the guy unlocked it, and then he Jeff was just like, let me fuck it in!
1: Well, no, I'm saying like, you know, on apartments, they usually have the chain lock thing. Oh, too, yeah. so maybe he did not okay. have to. Yeah, maybe it wasn't just the chain The chain was drunk. not engaged. But. Oh, okay. Well, I'll shut up and let kay. you tell it. <laughs> <laughs> so
2: Jeff makes entry into Ashley's apartment, and he was met with just like a plume of smoke. As he ran in searching for Ashley, Ashley's dog actually ran out. Mm. Jeff made his way through Ashley's apartment searching for his friend. But the smoke was super thick. He made this it. This was
1: very brave of him. That's oh, incredible.
2: my gosh. OK. He went in three separate times. Like the smoke would get too thick. He'd run out, get fresh air. He'd go back in. He did it three times. And he wow. was about to do it a fourth. But the fire department showed up. Well, and yeah, we're like, get the fuck away from here. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. So the fire – fire apartment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I meant to say fire department. This is very embarrassing.
1: This is so humiliating because Mm -hmm. I don't know if you know this, but this is a podcast you're on right now. Mm -hmm. We're literally the most important thing. Are the words that we say. I know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Being able to speak
2: clearly and – yeah. It's also important how you make me feel. That's right. My sincerest apologies (laughs) to you, Kristen, and to the listeners. Mm.
1: Of which there are
2: 12. (laughs) So the fire department arrives. They pull Jeff away from the apartment and they go in and are able to extinguish the blaze. Pretty quickly, they determined that like this fire had been set intentionally and that Ashley was inside the apartment at the time. They found Ashley in her bedroom and she was dead, but the fire had not killed her.
3: Mm.
2: Her feet and her hands were bound she had trauma to her head and neck. There was blood everywhere. Mm. It was bad. They were able to positively ID her, but you know, based on her friends that were at the scene. A couple of other friends had showed up by this time as well. Yeah. And one friend was like, is it? Is it Ashley? Is she in there? And they're like, do you know if she has any tattoos or anything? Mm. And this friend was like, she has like a... Scripture number yeah. tattooed on her wrist. Mm-hmm. And they were able to confirm that the victim did, in fact, have
1: that. Yeah.
2: So they called in an arson squad. They called in the homicide squad to investigate this scene. There was, like, no sign of struggle inside the apartment, no sign of forced entry. And Jeff told the police that when he had gotten there to try the door, it had been locked. Mm. So the arson investigators were able to determine that an accelerant had been used. But it was weird. Rubbing alcohol had been used. And rubbing alcohol is not very flammable. It's not typically huh. used as an accelerant. That made them think that, like, the fire was an afterthought. Yeah. Um, and that they'd used what had been there. Right. And, and assumed that it was flammable. I would assume that rubbing alcohol is flammable.
1: Well, yeah, doesn't it say it on there that it's flammable?
2: I have no idea. Does it? Do you have any?
1: Let's take a break. No, and go. not. <laughs> <laughs> they also very
2: quickly determined, as I already told you, that Ashley's car was still in the parking lot. But the keys for her car were missing. Hmm. She always hung them like in the same spot. A friend was able to tell them that, like where they would be. And they weren't there. So that made the investigators believe that whoever had done this to Ashley had taken her keys and then used them to lock the door when they left. They went to work trying to retrace, like, Ashley's steps from the night before, figure out, you know, who, who maybe had interacted with her that night. And so they talked to Ashley's friend, Alexis. So she had actually shown up at the scene as well. Like uh, people were calling, letting everybody know, like Ashley, Ashley had a great group of friends and they really like wanted to figure out what was going on and immediately came to the scene. So they talked to Ashley's friend, Alexis. How old was she again? She's 31. Okay. Gotcha. So... Alexis said that Ashley was an assistant manager at American Eagle Mm -hmm. at the local mall and that she had actually worked the night before because it was Thanksgiving and they had a big Black Friday sale. So she had gone into work at like 6 o'clock that night, uh, the Mm -hmm. night of Thanksgiving, and she'd worked till like 3 a.m. And then she'd come home. And Alexis had been at Ashley's, like, letting her dog out while yeah. she was working those long hours. And so Alexis had been there when Ashley got home for work. from work. They talked. They hung out for a little bit. And then Alexis said that Ashley told her she was going to get some sleep because she had to go work the next day as well for this big Black Friday sale. This is wild. So someone had a very tight time frame. Super tight Window, Um, Alexis left Ashley's house at four forty-five a.m. Holy shit! Mm -hmm. And it was like eight o'clock when nine-one-one was called to report the fire.
1: Yeah,
2: super tight window. Mm -hmm. Um, Alexis was actually the one who told the police that Ashley's keys were missing from her apartment.
1: Wait, is she the one who did this? No, she's
2: okay. not. Okay. She's not. Okay. She's legitimately just a good friend. All right. And her her information that she was able to get give the police were very helpful. So she gives them that information. She's like, her keys are missing. She was here. I was here with her at 445 AM. So like I can't imagine how traumatizing that would be. Me either. So they started talking to the neighbors. One neighbor says that he went out and was like smoking a cigarette on his balcony. Mm-hmm. At one point, at like 6.30 in the morning, and he saw a car in the parking lot that he did not recognize. It looked out of place. It was a black Infiniti G35, so like a little two-door Infiniti, mm-hmm. and he said it had like a faded like toll sticker on the top of the car that, like, that drew his attention. And he's yeah. like, hadn't seen it in the parking lot before. It sounds like everybody in this apartment complex was like friendly with each other, and mm-hmm. so like he noticed right away that a car was there that's not usually there. And so when this is all going on, he tells the police, I saw this car, seemed out of place. Maybe it's related. I saw that at 6.30 this morning. Another neighbor said that they heard a scream at about 7.30. This may have been the same neighbor. This may be Steven who called Uh the police. I was a little bit confused about which neighbor gave which story, but I believe this is the same neighbor who called the police, said that he heard a thud and a scream about 7.30 that morning. He'd actually like... Listened for a little bit um, and then he heard Ashley's door close to her apartment. And so he assumed like she, I don't know, was leaving for work or whatever. Yeah. So she must be fine. Yeah. And then he'd kind of gone back to sleep, drifted off for a little bit. And then he was awoken by the carbon monoxide um, detector going off. And he's the one who called um, the fire department, I believe. Mm
1: hmm. It's amazing that you're unsure of these details, but you know he was eating an English muffin. I don't
2: know that, <laughs> <laughs> So police have learned, you know, kind of what Ashley spent the previous night doing, mm-hmm. you know, when she was kind of last heard from, um, when activity in her apartment was heard. And again, it makes it a very tight window. Yeah. Somebody heard noises from her apartment at 730 a.m., fire department's there by 8 a.m. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, And so they know that she worked as an assistant manager at the American Eagle store at the Hulin Mall, Hulin Mall, Hulin Mall in Fort Worth, H U L E N. Okay. And this was big, big business time for them. So she was working a bunch of hours. She had worked, you know, the overnight, like, yeah, Black Friday sale, whatever. So they asked. Her friend, Alexis, who was the one who told them, you know, about the keys and all of that, if she knew anybody who drove the black infinity that had been reported to them. Mm-hmm. And she said she didn't, but she could ask around. And so by this time, the police have gone to Ashley's work because it was the last place that they knew she had interacted with other people other than Alexis. And they speak to her manager, Chris Cravey. And he said that he did know somebody who drove a black two-door Infinity. Her name was Carter Cervantes and she was a former employee at American Eagle. Shit. Yeah, she had been a co-worker of Ashley's but she'd been fired in August. And Chris told them that Carter blamed Ashley for her firing. There was... A situation where there was a theft, a big theft, like $18,000 deposit went missing from the safe. So it was tax-free weekend.
3: Oh, And so it was a huge
2: sales weekend for American Eagle. Uh Uh-huh. And a deposit was stolen from the safe. So they knew it was like somebody who worked there. And Ashley had been part of the crew who had watched the surveillance video as part of the management team. And she had said... It looks like possibly Carter or Carter's boyfriend who also worked at the shit. Yes. So Carter's boyfriend was Clarence Mallory. And okay, they weren't supposed to work together. American Eagle has rules about this because Carter was also part of the management team and Clarence was not, but Carter had gotten him a job there. So they had actually worked at another American Eagle together. (laughs) I'm sorry. What?
1: Oh, no. This is kind of a mess. It is kind of a mess. So they had worked at
2: another American Eagle together. Uh The management had found out they were dating, and they told Carter she had to either quit or transfer to another location Mm -hmm. because she was um, the one who made the schedules. And Mm. so she can't be in charge of scheduling. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. And so she had chosen to move, and she moved like six hours away. Wow. Yeah. Her boyfriend, Clarence, ended up like n- no call, no showing like three shifts in a row. And so he got fired from American Eagle and he was put in the system as non rehirable um, because of the way that he left the company. Mm-hmm. Well, so she doctored some documents and rehired him under like a fake name and a fake social security number at her new store that she moved to, which was the same store that Ashley worked at. So
1: that they could work at worked American, the, uh, American
2: Eagle? Eagle? All right. So weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So no one knew this uh-huh. initially, but Ashley had been part of the management team who had figured this out. And Ashley had been kind of pegged by Carter as her biggest competition when it came to moving up the management team at American Eagle.
1: Did this woman think she was at IBM in the 80s? I, mean, I this is have so no weird. idea. OK.
2: So this the. the store manager for this particular American Eagle was out on medical leave uh-huh. and Ashley had been the one who had been tasked as like being the stand in manager while the manager was out on medical leave. And so Carter took us like as a as like she took it very personally and she thought that like Ashley was going to get catch the eye of the district manager when really she should be the next one in line for a promotion. OK.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Anyway, they had determined.
1: Can that- you see this happening to you, Brandy? No, you you really drink the corporate Kool-Aid. I do.
2: I very much do, and I mm-hmm. I ve- I'm very loyal to every company that I've ever worked for. I I mean, <laughs> but I'm not competitive in that in that way. I am competitive, but I'm not so competitive that I think like somebody's out to get me or that like. Hmm. I would just what prove would do? that I was the right one for the job by like working way too hard for a company that undervalues me. <laughs>
1: Okay, that seems right. I thought I was going to have to argue with you, but no, I think you've got yourself pegged pretty well there. All right.
2: That's how I would set myself You know what I'm going to do? I'm
1: I'm going to show up early, I'm going to stay late, and I'm not going to take my breaks. That's exactly what I don't do. That's how I'll prove it. you know what?
2: If I need to work six, seven days a week, I'm going to do it.
1: Yep, yep. (laughs) That's fine. I don't have to pee. I don't have to. I don't have to eat. Got my depends on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah.
2: So, okay. Carter and Clarence are both working at this American Eagle in August. Mm-hmm. This money goes missing eighteen thousand dollars. Ashley is brought in as part of the crew to watch the surveillance videos, and they see somebody with a mask on. Coming into the store, going directly to a lockbox, knowing exactly where the security cameras are. Oh, so they didn't even try to do the
1: classic thing of, like, he holds up his girlfriend and, like, she... No. No. Okay. No. Yeah. So they could... They never... No
2: criminal charges ever came of this, but American Eagle believed that they had enough evidence to prove that it was Carter and her boyfriend, that they were both were fired. Okay. I mean... When they were confronted about it, just the theft in general, like when there was like a store meeting about it, Carter made some comment about how like, I don't understand why it's a big deal. Insurance will reimburse them for the money.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's like, wow, that's a way to make yourself look real innocent there. But Was she wearing a full mink coat? Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. exactly. So Carter really blamed Ashley for her firing and for her boyfriend's firing. All of the stuff about his name being different in the system and like his social security number that all came out after they were fired. And they're like, well, yeah, this was like a whole plan the whole time. So yeah, I think we probably got the right people, but no charges were ever filed about it. And so now we're to Ashley has been found murdered. Her keys are missing. And so they find out that there's this woman who drives a two door black infinity, which was spotted in the parking lot. And she has a grudge. Against Ashley,
1: this is the wildest story.
2: It's nuts. Over a job at American Eagle, you got away with stealing the eighteen thousand dollars.
1: Right. You were never charged. You could literally get any, any other job. job in that mall, even. Yes. All right. Yeah.
2: So they decide to put. Carter Cervantes, under surveillance. Mm -hmm. So like that very same day, they go to her house. uh, They put her her apartment complex where she lives. They put her under surveillance. And they're like watching her and like no activity that day. But the very next day, Saturday at 8 a.m., they see her leave her apartment, get into her Infinity G35 with a man who they determined to be her boyfriend, Clarence Mallory, and they follow them. And they drive to the mall and Carter gets out of the like she's like dropped off at the front and like she gets out of the black infinity and she goes they did into not, the mall. They did
1: not. go. Are you about to tell me that they went into American Eagle and applied for their jobs? No, that's not what I'm going to tell you.
2: It's Saturday morning at 8 a.m.
1: Oh, so right. No, that makes the no sense. The mall's not open. Okay.
2: Which means that probably nobody's at American Eagle. And maybe they have the keys (gasps) and maybe they're going to go try and pull off a second robbery at American Eagle and get the Black Friday sale money out of the safe. Wow. Mm -hmm. But there are cameras everywhere. Right. So then police have followed them there. Right. I mean, in addition to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Clarence Mallory is driving the Infinity. He pulls up to the mall. He lets Carter out. She goes inside to the mall. Then he goes and parks in the parking lot. And the police come up and they have him roll down the window. And it turns out he doesn't have a driver's license on him. Hmm. And so they arrest him for not having his driver's license. Mm-hmm. And then they go into this mall to try and find Carter. But they can't find her. They search the whole mall. Turns out they find on surveillance video that she had gone to the American Eagle. She'd taken a key out of her pocket and she had attempted to open the gate. But the locks had already been changed. Because they knew Ashley's keys had been stolen. A whole day had passed by this point. So Ashley was found on Friday morning. Well, my God,
1: American Eagle doesn't fuck around.
2: No, apparently
1: not. Okay. I mean, she should have tried this shit on... Aeropostale or something. <laughs> you don't think they would have the locks changed fast, I fast, fast? It's, they do seem like a, <laughs> a step below, don't they?
2: <laughs> so, but they they never find Carter in the mall that day. They end up going back to her apartment complex and they find her, like, doing laundry in the community laundry room. And she's like... Hey, what's up? I've been home all day. I, you know, I made Thanksgiving dinner for my boyfriend. And then we were home all day on
1: Friday. And then I've just been here doing laundry. I really thought this was going to be a where the heart is situation. What do you mean? Did you ever read the classic book or watch the I film? watched the film. Yeah. Natalie Portman just lives in the Walmart. Yeah. I'm, I'm picturing a scenario where she just lives in that mall. Oh, you thought she was pretend- living in she's the she's a mannequin. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. For what mentioning. if she really wasn't? What if it was actually
2: like the Twilight Zone that I love mm-hmm. and she was a mannequin?
1: Honestly, that would make maybe more sense to me than someone doing all this over fucking American Eagle. No kidding. So... They've searched them all. They don't find Carter. They yeah. go back to her apartment complex.
2: They find her there. They have Clarence in custody at this point for driving without a driver's license. <laughs> How long can they keep her? <laughs> very that? long. <laughs> <laughs> so they bring her in. They've got her both in there doing interrogations like at the mm-hmm. same time. They notice that there are superficial scratches on both of them. Oh my God. But neither of them are talking. They both say they had, you know, they were. Oh.
3: They this didn't do is anything.
2: So fucked up. Mm-hmm. They also uh, apparently were able to secure a search warrant for their apartment. And they found a big tub, like a like a rubber made tub type uh-huh. thing with bungee cords and rope and a taser. Oh god. And some duct tape. The duct tape was in the trash. Yeah. They also had found, like, a bunch of locks in their house and, like, a lock picking kit. It looked like they'd been, like, practicing picking Hmm. locks. It was, like, literally labeled lock picking practice lock. So, no, yeah, that's what the article says. (laughs) So, like, the police didn't really have to, like, figure this out. Like, it was just labeled right there for them. That is convenient. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The initial interrogation of both Carter and Clarence didn't really turn up anything. They stuck to their stories that they hadn't been up to anything, that they'd been home, whatever. Mm -hmm. They hadn't been at the mall, nothing. But Carter did something weird when she was in an interrogation room by herself. They gave her a bottle of water and she took a drink of it. And then she just like got this look on her face. Mm -hmm. And then she wiped the bottle down. Yeah. 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 Like, wiped the rim where she drank from. No, we the we whole, get yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But they had released them that day. And They were both free to go. And then they secured these search warrants, searched their house, searched their car, the Infinity G35. Inside the car, they found a black plastic trash bag, a sharpening stone for a knife, a spent nine millimeter cartridge. Or maybe not spent, maybe unspent. I don't know why I said spent. That's not in my notes in any way. So
1: who knows? You just felt like you had to? I guess.
2: I don't know. <laughs> they found a walkie-talkie. They found a buck knife oh, and a sheath. Lord. Like It was just like yeah. a fucking
1: kill kit. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And they found a loaded Glock under the passenger seat. No, I'm sorry. Under the driver's seat.
1: Boy, you're just making up all kinds I am. Of Jesus
2: So with all of that together and then the surveillance video where they were able to clearly see Carter with a fucking mask over her head in the mall attempting to open the American Eagle gate lock... They placed them under arrest and they were both charged with capital murder. At some point, they also discovered a grave site that they had dug, oh my God. like just outside of town. I don't know how like they got there, how they discovered it, what the but hell? it seems like they had actually planned to maybe kidnap Ashley, not murder her in her apartment and then take her to this site where they would pre-dug a grave and kill her there. But something had gone wrong at the apartment. She fought back. I I don't even really know. I assume with the lock picking stuff that they were practicing picking a lock so they could break into Ashley's apartment Mm -hmm. and steal her keys. And when they did that, they didn't expect her to wake up maybe or they did
1: expect her to wake up and they thought they'd kidnap her. I have a theory. What's your theory? I don't know. To me, it seems like... If the plan is to kidnap someone and the plan is also to get that money from American Eagle, Mm -hmm. maybe they wanted her to do that dirty work Mm. and afterward kill her.
2: No, that's actually – yeah, that's a solid So she's
1: the one on the surveillance Mm -hmm. video. She's the one.
2: Yeah. Force her to do that and then you take her out to this field where you've already pre-dug a grave and you kill her there. But for whatever reason, a fight ensued at the apartment. They – Killed her there in her apartment. Yeah. Set the fire to cover it up, which they had not initially planned to do. Mm -hmm. And then still took the keys, still attempted to try and get the money from American Eagle, but waited a day. And so the lock didn't, the keys didn't work anymore. Hmm. Clarence and Carter were both arrested and they were charged with capital murder once all of this stuff was Put together. The state did waive their right to seek the death penalty and said that they were looking for life in prison without the possibility of parole. Both Clarence and Carter pled not guilty. So these cases were tried separately. But essentially, it was the exact same trial with the exact same evidence. So I'm really just going to present it once. But no, these trials, two separate trials happened.
1: My God. <laughs> You're really phoning it in today. I'm not. I'm not.
2: <laughs> Carter Cervantes was the first one to stand trial. The prosecution believed that Carter was the mastermind behind this. Carter was the one who had falsified the documents to get Clarence, the to be able to hire Clarence yeah. at... The American Eagle. This is so wild to me, the amount of work that went into this. So, like, at an American Eagle. Okay, so
1: honestly, that was my first thought when you first said all this.
2: At trial, the prosecution told the jury that there were a couple of different reasons that Carter and Clarence wanted to harm Ashley, they wanted her keys. To steal the money from the store. That was number one. But they also had this grudge against her. They wanted revenge mm-hmm. because they believed that Ashley was responsible for them losing their jobs at American Eagle. And like, Not uh, them for it's, stealing. It's impossible to get another job <laughs> anywhere yeah. else. Yeah. I'm not shitting on a job at American Eagle. I'm just saying there are a million other jobs of that same caliber. Like, right. I don't – I just don't understand. Like –
1: I well, these clearly aren't very logical. No, people. I it, right, right. And you got away maybe with maybe they the, stealing the eighteen thousand dollars. Maybe they weren't hot enough to work at Hollister. Did you ever think about that? Yeah, maybe they didn't have the body for Abercrombie, okay, or the laid-back vibes for Hollister. Mm-hmm. They yeah. weren't approachable enough to work at Claire's. Yeah. They didn't have the self-control to work at Auntie M's. Mm, That's probably true. <laughs> I wouldn't. <laughs> you know, this whole time I've been like, when's she going to stop me? Because I, I could go through a long a, list. A long list of mall stores. They weren't dowdy enough to work at JCPenney. Oh, that's sad. Or rude enough to work at Dillard's.
2: <laughs> you think they're kind of snotty at Dillard's, do you? Not snotty, just rude. Okay. okay. <laughs> What do you think you got to be to say work at like Nordstrom? Oh, classy. Yeah. Classy. Mm -hmm.
1: I've got nothing negative to Mm -hmm. say. Yeah. I used to know someone
2: who was like a, an assistant department manager at Nordstrom. She had like a fashion degree. Like what
1: was her name? Her name's. Oh, do you know this person? (laughs) No, but I recently. Okay. This is weird. (laughs) I, I recently found out. That I know someone who used to date someone who worked at a Nordstrom, Uh and I had to act like I wasn't as excited as I Mm -hmm. was. Okay? All right. All right? Okay, great.
2: Do you want me to go back to the trial
1: here now? I suppose
2: I do. I could go (laughs) on, though. The prosecution told the jury all about that previous theft case that resulted in Carter and... Clarence losing their jobs and talked about how Ashley was put in charge of the store in June of 2014 while the store manager was out on medical leave. And that at that same time, Carter worked there as an assistant manager and that she really took that as a slight to her. Like she really believed she should have been the one who was put in place as the acting manager while Chris was out. And then they talked about how on August 24th of 2014, $18,000 was stolen from the safe and that it was Ashley who specifically had looked at the surveillance video. But she wasn't the only one who had looked at these surveillance videos. Right. It's it's not logical. It's
1: it's, I've decided you Mm -hmm. are responsible for my actions. Yep.
2: So what they determined when that money was stolen, that maybe the gate, maybe a back door Mm -hmm. um, hadn't been fully locked And so they determined that Carter had been the one who closed that night before and that the person on the surveillance video stealing the actual money had been Clarence. And so that's how American Eagle had determined they had enough evidence to fire them, but they hadn't ever, like, moved forward with pressing charges or anything like that. Mm -hmm. And then they talked about how at that time that's when the store manager found out that Carter had falsified documents to hire Clarence in the store to begin with. The prosecution also gave evidence at trial that the police believed the theory was kind of what we talked about a little bit. And again, there's not a ton of evidence about this, but this is what they believe that initially the plan was, is that Carter and Clarence had planned to kidnap Ashley, steal her keys, and then they had dug that grave. So obviously they planned that this would end in murder. There were some text messages on their cell phones about, like, this reconnaissance that they were doing. There were pictures of Ashley's apartment apartment. They had, like, the latitude and longitude coordinates of Ashley's apartment. Really? Yeah, I think they thought they
1: were kind of, like, masterminds. Yeah. And yet they're documenting everything. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Okay. I apologize. I told you earlier I didn't remember how they found the thing, but it turns out it's right here in my notes. They had latitude and longitude coordinates for that grave that they had dug. Okay.
3: Okay.
1: Are you planning to be honest for the rest of this? Yeah, it wasn't that I was not honest. It was that I just Seems like like a big lie. Uh Uh-huh. Seems pretty problematic. Okay, great. The prosecution
2: also told the jury about all of the evidence that they had found when they searched the Infinity, uh, the basic kill kit that they had found in there. Yeah. Additionally, in Clarence's car, which was Cadillac, when they searched his car, they found a Cadillac. (laughs) Sorry.
1: (laughs) Did I say Cadillac weird? Clarence in his Cadillac. (laughs) (laughs) They
2: found two shovels, some plastic sheeting, some tools. Good grief. Yep. The prosecutor told the jury that there are no good murders, but sometimes there are some that you can at least understand. And in this case, like this was different. This took this. There's no explanation for this. There's no logic to this. This is just a senseless murder. He said, at minimum, this took at least a month of planning. They stalked Ashley Harris like people stalk a deer.
1: How awful. Mm hmm. Yeah. Like, that's why you took this woman off the earth? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Ugh. Uh, It's nuts. Yeah. Alexis, Ashley's friend, was called to testify, and she said that she had been at Ashley's apartment that night. Like, she left there at, like, sometime after 4 Mm a.m., and that she knew Ashley had locked the door right after she left. Like, she heard her engage the lock as she was walking away. She also told the jury that she got a missed call from Ashley at 6.56 a.m. But she had like it had like woken her up, I believe. And so Mm -hmm. she hadn't like answered it. But She realized she'd missed the call pretty quickly and returned the call. Yeah. And that Ashley didn't answer. Shit.
3: Mm
1: hmm.
2: So that makes you wonder if like that's about the time that like they broke into her apartment and that. Oh, my God. Mm hmm. I think that's horrifying to know, like, how much Ashley knew what was about to happen to her before it happened.
1: Yeah.
2: Mm. Stephen Lee testified. He talked about how he saw that car in the parking lot, the Infinity G35, and that when all the police were there, he heard, you know, It seemed like something suspicious had happened, and so he had reported that to the police because he believed that had been a suspicious vehicle. There was testimony about the 911 call, how the fire alarm Mm -hmm. or the smoke detector had gone off or the carbon monoxide detector, and they would called the police. There was testimony about the thud and the scream and all of that that had happened about 7.30 and all of that stuff that I already told you about. (laughs) (laughs) Jeff Kaiser, Kaiser, K-A-Y-S-E-R, was called to testify. He talked about how he was Ashley's friend and neighbor. He said that when he woke up that morning to the sound of fire alarms, he realized that it was Ashley's apartment, and he ran there. He tried to, you know, get in and save her and was unable to because of the thick smoke. Wallace E. Hood Jr., an arson investigator, testified that he located multiple points of origin to the fire. One was the bed. One was Ashley's body and one was the closet. He also noted that a smoke detector from the apartment had been like taken down and had been shoved under her mattress.
1: Hmm.
2: Like they hadn't known how to disable it, I'm guessing. And so they thought they could put it under the mattress to muffle it. Yeah. Mark Sedwick uh, with the FBI, a special agent, obviously, a member of the Cellular Analysis Survey Sur- survey a member of the cellular analysis survey team, so or well the said. cast, as as oh. so many people call it. You yeah, know, testified about the texts that had been sent between Clarence and Carter's phones, planning this whole thing, the latitude and longitude, stuff that had been found on their phones. And a specific text exchange that had occurred at 11.52 a.m. on November 28th. So this is the morning that Ashley's found, but a couple hours later.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Carter text to Clarence. Hey, remember that thing you said I didn't clean well? Did you clean it? Did we leave it behind? Oh, my. And Clarence said, we left it. I didn't touch it. And Carter responded, well, damn, that's not good. Take out all the trash and leave that. I need to take care of that. I'm so sorry I forgot. I don't know what they are referring to that they left Mm -hmm. behind, but – Something. They did find DNA evidence. They found Ashley's DNA on the gun that was in the Infinity. They believe that Ashley had been pistol whipped with it, and that's how her blood transferred to it. They also found Ashley's blood inside the G35, the Infinity Mm -hmm. G35, or whatever fuck car it was.
1: Yeah.
2: I may have made up G35 just now.
1: (laughs) I'm in no position to tell you (laughs) otherwise. The
2: prosecution played the surveillance video from in front of the American Eagle. And it showed that around 2 a.m. on the 29th of November that somebody tried to open the lock and was unsuccessful. And so then it seems that there were multiple attempts made by Carter to gain access to the American Eagle store. Wow. Yeah. The medical examiner testified about the injuries to Ashley Harris. The autopsy revealed that Ashley had injuries all over her body. She had a laceration to the right side of her scalp. She had lacerations to her cheek and the left side of her face. She had a bruise on the right side of her face. She had a bruise between her eyes and a bruise around her left eye. There were lacerations on her lip. There was a scrape under her chin. There was a laceration in her ear. Um, and they believed that one was caused by the pistol whip. Mm. She was just horribly beaten. She was yeah. tortured. Yeah. The medical examiner determined that Ashley's actual cause of death was asphyxiation. She had petechial hemorrhaging. So they hogtied her, essentially. They tied her hands and feet, beat her, and then strangled her to death. Good grief.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: When it was the defense's turn, their strategy was to basically say at Carter's trial that, mm-hmm. She didn't have anything to do with it. Right. It was all all Clarence. Yep. And at Clarence's trial, they did the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. Clarence didn't have anything to do with it. It was all Carter. Yeah. Carter actually took the stand in her own defense at her trial. Um, She told the jury that Clarence was super controlling, that he controlled everything she did down to what she ate and drank. She admitted that she had gone to the mall and attempted to access American Eagle, um, but claimed that she'd only done it because Clarence told her that he would kill her if she didn't. Mm-hmm. She testified that he had held the gun to her and told her that she had to do it, and that he also claimed when he was holding the gun on her that there was somebody waiting outside her parents' house and that if
1: she did oh, not do it, she would up. go in and kill yeah. her parents. Okay. hmm no, she's admitting to the things she has to mm-hmm. admit to because yep. there's no disputing the fact that she went to American Correct. Eagle and tried to get in. Yep. So she's admitting to that because she has to and everything else is just yeah. getting a little extra spin.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: She claimed that at the time that Ashley would have been murdered, she was asleep in her bed. He couldn't have possibly been there and she did not know where Clarence was at that time. She told the jury that she did not kill Ashley and that she played no part in Ashley's death. Mm -hmm. Sure thing. Okay. Yeah. Um, And as I said, at Clarence's trial, he did the same thing. I don't believe that he testified in his own defense, but Mm -hmm. they blamed the entire thing on Carter, said that he had no involvement and was just um, an unwilling participant in some aspect of
1: it. Okay. Okay.
2: The jury did not believe either of them, and they were both found guilty, and they were both sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Yeah. Both have appealed their sentences, but as far as I could tell, those appeals have not been, not been successful to date. How old
1: were they when they did this? Do you know? Around the same age
2: as as Ashley, I would I would get. Wow. I've seen pictures of them. I did not get their ages. I didn't look them up. But, um, but like
1: definitely late twenties, early thirties.
2: Absolutely, like maybe even mid twenties.
1: Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. i This is just. So it's not even like your prefrontal cortex hasn't fully formed no, type of shit. I don't know. No. This no. Is, wow.
2: I don't think so. Hold on. Let me let me let me find the age real quick. OK. Yeah. Uh, Carter was 28 at the time of the murder. So, yeah. And OK. Clarence Mallory was 22. So he was younger. Oh, OK. OK. Yeah.
1: Hmm.
2: Which I'm guessing is probably why the prosecution went with the theory of like she's the mastermind. And
1: well, I mean, and, to be, and, and obviously like that's She's the one who doctored those. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Documents. Yeah. yeah. I mean.
1: I don't think it's a stretch to say. Oh, that I don't she think was. so either. I don't think so either.
2: I think it's a huge fucking stretch for her to be like, "I didn't have anything to do with this." Like, I the things I did participate in, I was forced to do against my will. Hmm. Yeah, this is just so senseless to me.
1: Did Ashley's family speak up at all? Like,
2: I didn't find any okay. anything about her family. Okay. The stuff I found about her personally is that she was just, like, really popular. Like, she had tons of friends and just, like, this great social group. And she was just, like, super cute. There's all these pictures of her. And she's got just, like, this very distinct look. Okay, she wore, like, these very swoopy bangs. Mm-hmm. And then she always wore, like, a backwards baseball hat oh, over it. she was cool. It's fucking cool as shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And one friend was interviewed for this article that I read on Oxygen. And she was like... Everybody loved her. Everybody thought she was beautiful. She got hit on by guys. She got hit on by girls, like, mm-hmm. constantly, like, yeah. It's just so senseless.
1: Yeah. Like, I just can't imagine, like, you you lost a job and, like, this is – you. Yeah, so what do you know about them and their backgrounds?
2: I don't know much about their backgrounds at all. Hmm. Okay. And when I say much, I know nothing about their background.
1: We all knew what she meant. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. Why, what are you what are you thinking?
1: Well, I'm I'm thinking it would be really interesting to know because this is so unusual and odd.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Hmm. I mean
2: people get weird about money, people get crazy about money, but like money is not the motivation here. No, 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 it's no. It's no, just no. not.
1: No, you don't kill someone in this way. No. Over money. You don't torture someone to death. Yeah.
2: Over a few. I mean, it would be a lot of money. I think they were talking about close to $50,000 is what would be in mm-hmm. in the safe. But, like, no, you don't torture someone to death over that. Like,
1: Yeah. I mean, the other thing is, like, if it's just about getting that money that's in the safe – Probably all you got to do is have a gun. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. yeah. So they they were doing what they wanted, what to, they do. wanted to do. Exactly. Well, that was disgusting. Yeah. Was a lot. Sorry,
2: you're welcome.
1: Should we do an ad? Seems weird, but all right. Okay. Do <laughs> this is an ad. <laughs> That's the end of the ad. Welcome back. Did you miss us? We missed you too. Mm -hmm. I love you so much. Brandy likes you as a friend. (laughs) How'd you get that? In them jeans. (laughs) You know what to do with that big fat butt. (laughs) I wiggle, wiggle, started wiggle. singing that song because I noticed Kiki is in the bedroom asleep on my jeans. Oh, all right. How'd you get that cat in them jeans? Meow, 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 That was cute. Thank you. Get that a lot. All right, here we go. mm, mm. I could use a massage. You want to massage me while I tell this tale? I sure don't. But thank you've you for never, asking. You've never looked less interested <laughs> in anything I've offered you. Uh, can you imagine anything creepier than hearing a story from a woman who was getting a massage?
2: Mm. I feel like
1: it'd be unsettling. for yeah, the Are listener. you just like? Uh, are you letting out like a little moan every now and again? If you're doing your job right. <laughs> <laughs> So that's a challenge to you, my friend. Ooh, all right. Although it sounds like you're just going to sit there. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not you. And listen. You. That's exactly what I'm going to do. Hmm, okay. Just so you know, for the massage, I will wear basketball shorts and a full coverage sports bra. Thank you. <laughs> I would I would like it no other way. <laughs> okay. Uh, for this episode, I pulled from... A fabulous 48 Hours episode. I don't think 48 Hours gets the credit it deserves. I like 48 Hours, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Um, you going to tell me gonna, the name of it? I'm not going to tell you the name of it. Also a piece by Sarah Finsky for St. Louis on the Air. Okay. That's their NPR mm-hmm. affiliate. There was an episode of Unlocking the Truth. You remember that Ryan Ferguson I was going to say, I know this
2: case because of that.
1: Shut up. You know it. Yeah. Damn. Don't. Hmm. <laughs> Damn it all to hell. (laughs) All right. Well, way to take the wind. Do you want me to pretend pretend I don't know it? No. Okay. We've gotten enough fake bullshit from you. (laughs) 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 Also reporting from the Daily Journal. That's where I got most of the. You know
2: that I love Ryan Ferguson. You thought that I didn't see his show when he was looking into this case. Or you thought perhaps I wouldn't remember it.
1: I should know that you would Man, remember that. Man, when you called
2: dibs here. on this, I was like, oh, that's from that Ryan
1: Ferguson show. Wow. 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 Okay. <laughs> I thought you had no idea. I mean, I covered, last week I covered yeah, that Yeah, i have never heard of that. Everyone on earth has heard that story I before. I had never heard that story. And, yeah. All right. Well, way to take the wind out of my fucking sails. I'm sorry. Here we go.
2: Picture it, yeah. This is me blowing blowing wind back into your sails.
1: Hmm. That do- that doesn't really work because you suck. No. Ah! <laughs> 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 oh, well said. Okay. You know what? I need to shake this off. Okay. This blow that you've dealt. I me. apologize. Mm-hmm. I wish you didn't have such a good memory. Because me. You could probably tell me the same story you told me six months ago. Oh, I'm like, sure that I could, yeah. Hey, <laughs> Don't even think about it, bub. Okay, picture it. Yeah, I'm picturing it. Yeah, you're probably picturing the whole fucking thing because you know the story. Yeah. Great, you want to tell it? I'm picturing a trailer. Shut up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 1998, Hopewell, Missouri. Hopewell is a very small place. And I'm calling it a place because you can't technically call it a town. Oh. Hopewell is an unincorporated community. Okay. Uh, it's super rural, which means that I am now contractually obligated by the powers vested in me by our true crime overlords to tell you that Hopewell is the kind of place where people don't lock their doors, Brandy. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. This kind of thing doesn't happen here. <laughs> Fun fact, Hopewell, Missouri used to be called Hopewell Furnace, Missouri. It did? Yes, they named it after a furnace. Oh, I thought it was going to be like used to be called Hopeless.
2: And then they decided that was kind of a downer.
1: No. Okay. No. Hopewell Hope well furnace. furnace? It was called Hopewell Furnace. Like a like a a heater? I mean, is there another kind of I furnace? Know. <laughs> Well, at any rate, in 1886, people were like, this is embarrassing, so they changed it to Hopewell. Okay. That's your fun fact. (laughs) Hopewell is about an hour and a half south of St. Louis, but I don't have to tell you that because you already know this fucking story. (laughs) And it was home to the Polite family. Mm -hmm. The family consisted of Rita and Ed and their daughters, Crystal and Melanie, and their son, Michael. Things were kind of rough for the family. What year is it? Ninety-eight. Yeah, um, and they're uh, how old are those kids? I mean, those are like kids
2: born in the eighties. Those names are yeah, for sure, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely.
1: You know what? I just figured out. I know why you remember this case so well. Why? Your coochie was a tingling, my friend. Okay, I hate to say it, but it's because just because Ryan tr- Ferguson's hot. First of all, Ryan Ferguson is hot, but please, we've already sexually harassed this man enough. Leave him alone. Uh-huh. Michael, is he hot? I l- actually don't remember me, what he looks oh, like. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. everyone, <laughs> she's lying through her teeth, but that's, that's fine. Uh, let me describe this man and just tell me if this sounds attractive to okay. you in a sexual manner. Mm-hmm. He is bald. He's got a nice big beard and piercing blue eyes. That does seem like my style. (laughs) Reminder, you're married. I am.
2: uh, To a bald man with a big beard and piercing green eyes.
1: Also, uh, because variety is the spice of life, there's another guy in this story, and Uh he is also, wait for it, bald with a big bushy beard. Okay, great. (laughs) So... Yeah, I think we all know why this story (laughs) is etched into your heart. (laughs) All right. Hmm. Stop (laughs) it. (laughs) Okay, so things were kind of rough for the family because Brandy kept coming over and hitting on everybody. Stop (laughs) it. (laughs) Rita and Ed got married as teenagers and they had a very rough marriage and the kids all knew it. Ed cheated on Rita constantly. He was mentally abusive. They witnessed abuse in the home. At one point in 1997, the police were called because Ed had knocked Rita to the ground and choked her. Mm. And their son, Michael, had witnessed the whole thing. By that point, Rita and Ed had been together for a long-ass time, like 20 years. But eventually Rita was like, okay, fuck this, and she filed for divorce. And, you know, the marriage had been rough, and boy, this divorce was rougher. Yeah. So I don't know the exact ages of all the kids, but Michael was 14, and his sisters were older. And I think they were probably um, out of the house by then because – This divorce really had the biggest impact on Michael. He was the one who was kind of put in the middle of everything. Mm -hmm. His dad really wanted Michael to come live with him. And, in fact, he offered Michael money to come live with him. Okay. But Michael didn't want to do that. He wanted to live mostly with his mom. For the record, that's not to say that Michael and his mom had a perfect relationship— or even that things were going particularly well for Michael in general. At this point, he was enrolled in the seventh grade for the third time. Oh, wow. Yeah, he just didn't show up to school. hmm He had behavioral issues. In fact, around that time when his dad knocked his mom down and choked her, Michael was hospitalized after he threatened to kill his mother and kill himself. So things were really bad. Mm-hmm. But the divorce was moving forward, and in late November of 1998, a judge granted Rita alimony, child support, part of Ed's pension, and half the 401k. And Ed was livid. Witnesses said that he had an outburst in the courtroom. According to one source, he told Rita, you will never see the day when you get that money. Another source said that he told her, You'll never live to see a dime of that money. Wow. Yeah. So slightly different wording, but same general idea. Yeah. Okay. Just a couple days later, it's December 4th, 1998. Rita went to work at a local bar and 14-year-old Michael was bored. So he decided to ride his bike down to the general store. While he was there, he met up with his friend, 15-year-old Josh Sansashi. The two boys hung out for a while, and Michael invited Josh back to his house to spend the night and maybe play some video games. Mm-hmm. You know, who knows? So the two boys went back to Michael's house, and the house was a trailer, as you've already pointed out, because you know every detail of this I don't, story. That's the story. I don't know every detail <laughs> of teasing. this. I just know the basics. You just know... What everybody looks like, right? (laughs) So Michael's room was on one end. His mom's room was on the other. Mm -hmm. And Rita came home, you know, 11 o'clock midnight that night with sandwiches for the boys. And they had their sandwiches. And afterwards, she was like, "Okay, I'm going to bed. And Mike asked Josh where he wanted to sleep. So Josh had the option of either sleeping out on the living room couch or going back to Michael's room and sleeping on the floor. And Josh decided to go sleep in Michael's room on the floor. So according to Mike, they went back to his room, put the radio on, smoked a little pot and fell asleep. Mm -hmm. And at about 6 a.m. the next morning, the boys woke up to the scent of smoke. Interestingly, not a ton of smoke. He said it initially made him think of like when his mom burned bacon. Okay, So Mike opened his eyes, and the room was a little hazy with smoke, and he threw the blankets off of himself. He went to his bedroom door. He threw it open, and then there was a lot more smoke. He yelled for his mom, but she didn't respond. He yelled again, no response. All he heard was the smoke alarm going off in the dining room. Mike started choking. Josh got up. The boys ran outside, Mike saw that his mom's truck was parked outside and he realized, oh, my God, she's still in the house. Yeah. So he did the only thing he could think to do. He grabbed the garden hose, ran back inside the trailer trying to get to his mom's room. And in the meantime, Josh ran for help. So the good thing is that, you know, even though this is a very rural area, the police had neighbors and the neighbors were mostly family and they were kind of right there Uh next to them. So Josh was able to run and get help, and Mike ran into the house with the hose, but he couldn't reach his mom's room. He dropped to his knees, and then he entered his mom's room, and what he saw was horrifying. His mom was dead. Her body was on fire from the waist up. Oh, my gosh. She was covered in blood. There was blood on the walls, blood on the floor. All he could really see were her legs. And he heard the crackling of fire. Mm. Michael's aunt and uncle, Chuck and Patsy Skiles, lived right next door. And I believe they're the ones who called the police. I Mm -hmm. think they're the ones who Josh ran to. At any rate, police arrived on the scene and couldn't believe how awful it was. It was a very bloody crime scene. There had clearly been a struggle. An autopsy would later reveal that Rita had been bludgeoned to death. She'd been hit in the head by something. Likely multiple times and was eventually rendered unconscious, and then her body had been set on fire. Hmm. There was some debate over whether she might have been sexually assaulted. She was found, I believe, with just underwear, and you know, yeah, I don't know. These cases are, I know, I know. We need to get out of sync with one another, my friend. This is too much. An arson investigator looked at the scene and determined that an accelerant had been used to feed the fire. Gasoline, most likely. Police, of course, spoke to Michael and Josh, and right off the bat, they were kind of creeped out. Michael had apparently just discovered his mother brutally murdered, and yet he wasn't crying. He wasn't emotional. Okay, you disgusted Brandy. Yes. How dare he? No,
2: everybody processes stuff. blah 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 blah. blah it <laughs> like a bird. <laughs> he did. No, everybody processes things differently. No, there's a
1: right way and a wrong way to process something incredibly traumatic. And mm-hmm. he was doing it wrong. Okay. Sure. Yeah, it's amazing to me. These situations that are just unimaginable. Mm-hmm. And yet, people are so have confident. decided
2: what the right way is to right. react to them. Yeah, right. Yeah. Perhaps he was in shock. Perhaps he was stunned by what he had seen. Yeah. You know, another thing people never—perhaps he's think... a fourteen-year-old who thinks he's not supposed to cry in front of his friend.
1: Who knows? Yeah. I I really think the other thing that we never consider in these things is, what if somebody's just kind of weird? Yeah. <laughs> like I mean, for like, real, honestly, like not a murderer. Yeah, just different. Yeah, lock them up. I guess. I guess okay. so. So they took the boys to the station to get their statements, and on the way there, Michael said something really weird. He said, "What's going to happen to my mom's truck?" The police were disgusted. This kid's mom was dead. He wasn't emotional about it, and all he cared about was her truck.
2: That's That could mean so many different things. Right.
1: Yeah. Okay. No, I mean, again, so his sisters were interviewed for the 48 Hours episode, and they talked about, you know, when when you lose someone, there's this— Desire to hold on to things.
2: Absolutely.
1: I don't, I don't even, you know, maybe it's that. Maybe, again, it's just this wild thing that none of us can imagine yeah. happening just happened to him. He's probably going to say whatever. Yeah. Also, he's 14. Yeah. Did I mention he's 14? Yeah, he's, 14. he's 14. My God. Later, when the police got Michael's statement, they were struck by how little sense it made. His mom was violently attacked in this trailer, and Michael had slept through the whole thing.
2: Yeah. Mm-mm.
1: Okay. Bullshit. They decided to administer a voice stress test. He's also on the opposite end of the trailer. Yeah, a trailer, not a mansion, Brandy. Come on. Think with okay. your head. All right. That's that lump three feet above your ass. <laughs> Just being helpful. Thank you. Mm-hmm. What's a voice stress test? Um, it's like a polygraph test in that it's inadmissible in court because it doesn't mean shit. shit. Okay, great. <laughs> um, and yet they do it anyway. They're going to put a ton of weight in it too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, they administer this voice stress test and Michael failed. They told him he'd failed every single question. Mm-hmm. Time to be honest. Time to tell us what really happened. Okay, fuckers. Anyway, for the record, because I can sense that you're being kind of a bitch about this whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) They did look at other suspects, so relax. Uh, They looked into Michael's dad, Ed Polite. But Ed had an airtight alibi. Or as we like to say on this podcast, a rock-hard rock hard alibi. alibi. <laughs> a throbbing alibi. <laughs> he lived like 80 miles away, and he'd been at work. So, couldn't have been him. Mm-hmm. Had to be Michael. Well. Yep. Okay. What? How, Do you have something you'd like to uh, say?
2: How he for sure was at work? They have him on camera in the
1: workplace well it's 98 so calm down <laughs> um but yeah i mean he's he's there okay his time clock like his time clock and his time card whatever also the it. giant clock he wears around his neck like flavor like, flavor
2: <laughs> <laughs> all right all right so he has a throbbing alibi sure i yeah it must be
1: mike now now some people have said that he wasn't accounted for. But, you know. Huh. Oh, really? Well, let's hear more about that. Let's not. How about we don't? No. How about we hear more about Michael? No. And how good he is at committing yeah, crimes. Yeah, so they
2: decided it was Michael. So then they, like, when this guy gave the the briefest. I'm sorry. Did
1: you not hear the evidence? The briefest he failed the version, version stress of test.
2: some alibi. They were like, oh, yep, yeah, this guy's cleared. Must be Michael. Must be Michael. Must be Michael.
1: What song is that? Must be Santa. Must be Santa, Santa Claus. How do you know all these Christmas songs that no one has ever heard? I of? know
2: every Christmas song mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> ever. But what is I that? I
2: love Christmas music.
1: Okay, but I thought I did. Who? has got a beard that's big and white.
2: <laughs> you don't know this song? Must well, I feel like be Santa. I could answer that question? Must be okay. Santa. Must be Santa. Santa. Claws. Nothing? No. Okay. But you know what? I like to stick to the Who classics. Who comes to town on a
1: special night? Who's got a beard that's big and white? Nothing. I mean, it's obviously Santa. Is the answer. <laughs> it must be Santa. <laughs> <laughs> Could we do a remake of that song where it's just me going, obviously, it's fucking Santa? It's fucking
2: Santa. <laughs>
1: Idiots. <laughs> They're like kids singing for the chorus. What a touching thing. Okay. So I'm glad we all agree that it's Michael. No. It's Michael. No, so the police decided that when
2: he they, when his reaction didn't match with the evidence liked.
1: led them there. No. What evidence? Uh, listen, he was a cold blooded killer, okay? <laughs> and he failed the voice stress test. Oh my god. His lies. eyes. Uh oh. He's, he's been, been telling lies. lies. <laughs> Brandy's creaming her jeans. He's got a beard. Little bald head. At this point, he's 14, so please don't be gross. Well, but he wasn't bald when he was 14. (laughs) We all know that you are waiting many, many years, (laughs) at least four, to... (laughs) (laughs) Anyhow, anyhow, I don't think you should fall in love with this man, Brandy, because he's obviously such a cold-blooded killer, and he's weirdly good at committing murder. I've got to add that in right now because he managed to hide the murder weapon mm-hmm. brilliantly. Real, yeah, they never they never, never found, found, it. found it. Okay, no. great. Um also he managed to hide his bloody clothes brilliantly because mm-hmm. they didn't find those either. Also, I don't know how he pulled this off, but there'd been a struggle. Um and he hadn't sustained any injuries. Mm. Not even a scratch. Wow. To add to that, he wasn't very big. Again, he's 14 years yeah. old, which is so weird that you keep talking about him <laughs> in this way. Um, yeah. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, Michael denied having anything to do with his mom's murder. But, you know, the facts sure. proved otherwise. Investigators tested Michael's tennis shoes. They had a member of their canine unit. um <laughs> sniff his tennis shoes, and Mm -hmm. that dog found traces of gasoline on them. Mm Okay. They knew, based on looking at the crime scene, that an accelerant had been used on the fire, and investigators confronted Michael with that evidence, and Michael was like, well, yeah, you know, I bet there was gasoline on my shoes. I like to set fires. It's what I do for fun. You didn't say that. What? Yeah. He, I mean, he, This, oh. yeah, he liked to set fire. See, now, okay. now you're starting to wonder if you've No, been I'm not. Wrong. It, he is also It's like all a adding,
2: 14-year-old boy. I think a lot of 14-year-old boys nope, are Nope, like, this is the first one.
1: Yeah, fire school, man. As a matter of fact, he told the police, the night before his mom was murdered, Josh and he. I once w- had a 16-year-old boy
2: pour a B in gasoline and light it on fire to impress me.
1: Are you serious? Mm -hmm. (laughs) What? Are you making that up? Who? Who? (laughs) Are you serious? Yeah, he had his dirt bike and so he was like showing off. Was this in the... Parking lot? I hope not. No, not. Was, was at my house. <gasps> your dad must have been pissed. He lit your lawn on fire? No, yeah, he did oh. it on the
2: street out in front of my house. Oh, okay.
1: Were you impressed? Not particularly. Oh, don't lie. Don't lie. She's I lying. wasn't. She's lying. I to was everyone. not. Oh.
2: It was the 4th of July. Hmm. I was lighting snakes. Mm hmm. And he was. Lighting my heart on
3: fire.
1: (laughs) What happened that night? little smoochy smooch? No, nothing happened. And now that man is in prison for murder. (laughs) No. Because everyone who likes to light fires when they're a teenage boy... Commits murder. That's right. Yeah. We don't make the rules. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so he told the police that on the night of his mom's murder... He and Josh went to the railroad tracks and lit a fire.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Investigators went out to the railroad tracks, and sure enough, there was evidence that those sadistic little fucks had set a fire. A sadistic little fucks? I added that in. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Now, there were some things that the investigators didn't follow up on. For example... There were boot prints found outside the trailer. Uh huh. They didn't mess with those or preserve them in any way because mm-hmm. you know, yeah. More evidence is just more clutter, mm-hmm. is what I always say. Also, a neighbor reported that her dogs like lost their ever loving shit at like three in the morning. But you know, didn't follow up on that either. Okay. Good. Yeah. Yeah. You'd hate to get too much information. Exactly. Yeah. When you've already got your guy, mm-hmm. why look yeah. further? Again, you know, they they tried to look for that murder weapon. They tried to look for Michael's bloody clothes. But, you know, he must have stashed him away real good. But it didn't matter. They had evidence tying him to the crime scene. Rita's body had been doused with gasoline, they were pretty sure. And Michael's shoes had traces of gasoline on them. All they needed was for 15-year-old Josh to tell the truth about what he had witnessed that night. It took a few days, but eventually Josh told the investigators what they wanted to hear. And by that, I, of course, mean the truth. Uh-huh. Two days after the murder, Josh gave a videotaped statement. And in that statement, he's on a couch with a police officer on one side of him and another police officer on the other side, and he looks like he has been abducted by terrorists. Absolutely. That's also terrifying. (laughs) In the video, Josh said that on the morning of Rita's murder, he woke up to a barking dog. He heard a thud. He heard a woman's voice. He looked around and didn't see Michael in bed. So... For all you slow pokes out there, that obviously means that Michael was not in that room and therefore he was killing his mom. Also, it was like
2: dark in the room and he couldn't tell for sure if he
1: was in there. I can tell you need more evidence. Okay. All right. How about just like some evidence? How about this? Okay. At the time, everyone called Michael Bernie. Hmm. Because he liked to
2: set fires.
1: Well, some people said it's because his middle name was Bernard, (laughs) but (laughs) I'm pretty sure it's because he liked to burn things. Okay. (laughs) After Josh made that videotaped statement, Michael was arrested. He was taken to a juvenile detention facility to await trial. And while he was there, he confessed to the crime. To who? Three people. Is that enough for you? Mm. Oh, what do you want, 14? What did he say? Okay. Was he, like, trying to act tough because he was
2: in, like, the juvenile detention center with, like, scary other dudes?
1: No. Okay. Um, It was about a month after his mom's murder, and Michael attempted to die by suicide. And three staff members said that when he was asked about it, he said... I haven't cared since December 5th. That's when I killed my mom. Hmm. Michael claims that he said, I haven't cared since December 5th. That's when they killed my mom. Mm -hmm. But who are you going to believe? Staff members with no reason to lie or a kid who, you know, probably for sure did it, for sure. Well, that is just probably they just misheard him. Right. <laughs> Bless you. Thank you. <laughs> was that an adorable sneeze? It was super adorable. I've always wanted a real cute sneeze. <laughs> like, you know, those women who are like, it's a chew. Yes, you are one of them. So cute. Have you ever sneezed and some snot comes out? Oh,
2: God. Why? What?
1: Yeah, me I mean, neither. obviously oh. that's
2: happened, but why are we talking about it?
1: Exactly. Let's talk about murder and people being lit on fire instead. Oh no, that's Weirdo. terrible, too. Mm-hmm. Oh. It's mm-hmm. a different kind of terrible. <laughs> yeah. Snot is the worst. <laughs> no! <laughs> I'm sorry. Dogs dying is the worst. Stop it. Then snot. <laughs> <laughs> Michael was in that detention center for three years awaiting trial. The whole time, he thought he'd be found not guilty. So did a lot of his family members. His aunt, who lived next door to him, was especially adamant. She was like, he didn't have a scratch on him. I mean, of course he didn't do this. Mm -hmm. No jury is going to find him guilty. Also, I'm not very good at predicting the future, is what she said right after she said that statement. Oh, did she? Yeah. (laughs) The DA's office offered Mike a deal Plead guilty to voluntary manslaughter, you'll get 15 years. But he refused. Yeah. I guess that didn't bother the prosecution too much. They had scientific evidence linking him to the crime, and they had Josh ready and willing to testify. All Josh can testify to is that he woke up in the middle of the night and didn't see... Mike, in a dark room. And you want to hear something really wild? He can't even testify to that. Really? Yeah, so they offered Josh immunity if he'd tell them everything he knew. And Josh took the immunity deal. But in a deposition right before Michael went on trial, he clarified. He said, yeah, I heard the dog bark. I heard a woman's voice, heard the thud. But... I had no way of knowing whether Michael was out of the room at that point. He said, it's not that I didn't see him in his bed. It's that I couldn't see him in his bed. Uh-huh. Yeah. So the one time uh-huh. he made that statement about Michael being out of the room was for that videotaped uh-huh. statement. Every time before then, every time since then, he
0: mm-hmm.
1: has said that that was inaccurate.
3: mm mm-hmm.
1: And, of course, he has also said that he said what investigators wanted him to to say. say. Mm -hmm. So the star witness wasn't much of a star in that sense. Nonetheless, in January of 2002, Michael went on trial for his mother's murder. He was 17. And he looked a lot different than when this crime occurred. The visual difference between a boy at 14 and that same boy at 17 is huge, unless that boy is Norman Caruso. Right. This trial was like three days long. And it was interesting. The jury heard that this other boy, Josh, had been given immunity, but neither the prosecution nor the defense put him on the stand. And the prosecution didn't even show the jury that videotaped statement. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. What do you make of that? I don't know. What do you make of it? Well, of course, I've got all kinds of opinions on it. I think the prosecution knew that if they called him, he wouldn't say what they wanted wanted him him to to say. say. And the defense, in my opinion, made a huge mistake not calling him. They absolutely should have called him. And they wouldn't.
2: Yeah, I would, the prosecution didn't want to play the video because if they played the video, then the defense would call him to mm-hmm. contest yeah. it. That's yep. – the defense absolutely should have called him.
1: Yeah. That is a huge mistake. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But don't worry. It's just a kid's life on the line.
2: Exactly. Yeah, no big deal.
1: Fuck. So the prosecution called in experts who testified about the traces of gasoline on Michael's shoes and how gasoline was used at the crime scene. There was some lab testing done on carpet samples from Rita's room. And the expert did have to admit that the testing didn't find any evidence of an accelerant on those samples. But he explained it by saying that the accelerant had probably burned off.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: And that's why... The lab couldn't actually find any evidence of an accelerant at the scene. Okay. But they would looked it over real good, and they, they knew what they were looking at. So don't worry about it. Great. Another thing. Let's not forget that Michael admitted to starting a fire on the train tracks that night. And you know what? The burn pattern on the railroad tracks matched the burn pattern that was found on his mother. The jury didn't get to hear about Michael's problems at school or even about the fact that he'd threatened to kill his mother, but they did hear from a witness who said that a few weeks before the murder, Michael and Rita got into an argument about money, and afterward, Michael sat there, you know, angrily flicking a lighter. They heard about his confession by those three staff members though only two of them testified in court. The defense was shockingly weak. It lasted less than half a day, but in fairness, Michael's public defender, Wayne Williams, had never defended someone in a homicide case all by himself before. So, Great. Michael wanted to take the stand, but Wayne wouldn't let him. Mm-hmm. Um. And that's that's tough because... My feeling is, yeah, probably wouldn't. I, I understand why lawyers don't want their clients to take the stand. But at the same time, mm-hmm. it is their life on the line. Yeah. And my God, are you doing a good enough job to make him feel comfortable just sitting there through the trial? Wayne also didn't call Michael's sisters to the stand. He didn't explore the idea that perhaps there was someone out there with an actual motive Mm -hmm. for this crime, someone who I don't know, like four days beforehand threatened to kill Rita. Exactly. Um, That's so wild to me. So they think that the
2: what is the prosecution claiming the motive is here? This is just like a, a kid who
1: likes setting fires. So he beat his mom to death and set her on fire. Cold blooded. I mean, I'm sure they made some argument. Like, if I'm the prosecution and this is my case, mm-hmm. he wanted her truck, or you know, it was money related, or something. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Also, he's just pure evil.
3: Uh-huh.
1: So, the defense's case instead was basically about how there wasn't much direct evidence tying Michael to this crime. I should also probably mention that technically, a couple days after the crime scene was released, Johnny Polite, who was Michael's dad's cousin, Mm -hmm. told investigators that he'd found a tire iron in Michael's closet, a bloody tire iron. But it was later determined that it wasn't the murder weapon. What? 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 Does that seem like a big deal to you? Yeah,
2: it seems like a huge deal. You're
1: always freaking out over nothing. (laughs) Seems like a huge deal. Yeah. Yeah. That is a huge deal. Yeah. The police um, (laughs) searched the trailer, and this dude went in there, and he all of a sudden finds the murder weapon? Right. And of course, one of the investigators who searched that scene was like, no, there's absolutely no way that that was missed. That was planted there. Oh my gosh. The bottom line is the defense called three witnesses, but they didn't call any experts to try to dispute what the prosecution's expert witnesses had said. Mm -hmm. In his closing statement, Prosecutor Richard Hicks said that Michael Polite had never been an innocent 14-year-old boy. He was an admitted pot smoker. Investigators, get a load of this, had found condoms in his room. (gasps) Yep. Yep. Yep.
3: Well,
2: I mean, just send him straight to hell. Yeah. Right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He was cold-blooded. The only time he ever expressed remorse for this crime was a month after the murder when he admitted he'd done it. Bing, bang, boom, they'd found the murderer. The idea that someone else might have done it was ridiculous. He said that if there was someone else who killed Rita, then that was, quote, the luckiest intruder in the world. At one point, Washington County Prosecuting Attorney uh, John Rupp tapped in and called Michael a self-serving, self-centered young man. He pointed out that Michael had admitted to seeing his mom on fire, but had he tried to pull her body from the flames? No.
2: Okay, but he had attempted to take a hose in and he was attempting to save his mother.
1: That, to me, is one of the most fucked up things you can say in this situation.
2: He did. He went in with a hose. He tried to get to her.
1: The other thing is... If he had done that, then you'd just be talking about how there was evidence all over his clothes. Exactly.
2: And so don't he, give me that. He tampered with the scene to make it, yeah.
1: The thing that makes me really, really mad though is you've got a 14 year old who finds that his mother has been murdered and set on fire, and you are going to say he handled it the wrong way. Right. Oh, my gosh. I know. This is when I become the most fucked up version of myself. (laughs) Wonderful. (laughs) This is when I say terrible things like, good luck. I wish it upon you. I don't really wish it upon. No, (laughs) hang on. I don't really wish it upon anybody. But I just think. But yeah, see how you would
2: react in that situation. Right. Right. Because I bet it's not as cool, calm, and collected as you want to think. And, like, you're not going to do everything fucking right. Mm-hmm. Like you think this 14-year-old boy should have done.
1: Yeah. I think this part is really interesting. So earlier in the trial, a volunteer firefighter had testified that the back door to the trailer had been ajar when he arrived. So they had, like, you know, the sliding and glass it doors. it was a can. <laughs> That was so stupid, and I hate you. (laughs) How did it turn from a jar into a can? No one knows. That's right. No one could know. No one found a wand. (laughs) Anyway, so the prosecutor said that after Michael and Josh went to get help, oh, I'm sorry, you threw me off. Sorry, with the door your is hilarious a joke. comedy. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. Don't so, let my good looks fool you, Kristen. I am a professional comedian. <laughs> mm, sometimes I get sucked in <laughs> by those piercing blue eyes and that juicy bouteille. <laughs> so okay. Some people might say that an intruder got in using that sliding glass door which was left a jar or a mm-hmm. can. Uh, but that was wrong. Uh-huh. The prosecutor said that after Michael and Josh went to get help, they'd come back to the trailer, and rather than extinguish the blaze, you know what they did? What? They probably ran back to Michael's room and grabbed a marijuana plant and ran out the back door with it.
2: What evidence is there of that? They're bad boys. Was a
1: marijuana plant found somewhere? Well, there was marijuana found in the room, and I don't know. They want to, like, get rid of more bad stuff. And, you know, they, hey, they could have gone in there and, like, tried to help or something. But instead, they probably went and grabbed a marijuana plant and ran out the back door with it. What the fuck? It's <laughs> a weird claim
2: <laughs> or weird
1: accusation. Is it? Or do we have to find a reason why the back door is ajar when we're saying that it couldn't have possibly been an intruder? Mm
3: -hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. In the defense's closing argument, Wayne Williams explained that the gasoline that was found on Michael's shoes could be easily explained. You know, he'd been playing with gas and setting railroad ties on fire the night before. He also argued that if Michael had planned to kill his mom, why would he invite a friend to sleep over that night? Didn't make any sense. So the jury went into deliberation, and they deliberated for about four hours. And they found him guilty of second-degree murder. At his sentencing, Michael's sisters fought hard for him. They told Judge Kenneth Prate that Michael was innocent, that the investigation into their mother's death had been flawed. Crystal said that Michael hadn't gotten a fair trial. She told the judge, I really believe all the evidence points to somebody else. Mm-hmm. She talked about the frustration of having the people who were supposed to find their mother's killer instead get tunnel vision and focus on her innocent brother. Yeah, She said... We are having to fight the people who are supposed to help us. I would rather no one pay for this crime than the wrong person pay for it. Yeah. The judge sentenced Michael to life in prison without the possibility of parole. What year? Mm, 2002.
2: Okay, so he's going to be able to file for resentencing... Following the 2012 Supreme Court decision. How
1: about you just kick my ass right here and now? How about you just take my story from me, rip it from my horribly manicured hands, and just break my spirit? Okay, I'm so sorry, but are we're f-
2: you're fucking kidding me. Life in prison without the possibility of parole on the weakest fucking evidence ever? Yeah yeah it's really scary yeah it's
1: terrifying and i'm sorry what year is it again i'm ma'am is something wrong are you I, short-circuiting yeah it's 2002 okay so he has to wait 10 years for that supreme court ruling to come down even <gasps> oh my
3: god okay
1: you done yeah you finished mm-hmm. mm. mighty good of you <laughs> You got a Christmas song you want to sing? <laughs> not right now, but thank you. For asking. Please, no hits. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Wait, do you know the Holly and the Ivy? Yes, that's a hit. That's not a hit. I said yes, that. Is. No, I don't think it is because I was singing that in the car, mm-hmm. and both David and Jack.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Ba-ba. Ba-ba
1: shit you know why we both know that choir. song? Yeah, yeah we sang it in choir exactly freshman so year I, so i so okay yeah
2: i sang that in the car around christmas time not like yesterday or anything right and, it'd be weird if you were singing yeah. christmas songs right now and david so and weird. jack were both like how do you know this song and i was like they were like, please stop. No, they said I sang it wonderfully. No, mm. I was singing it in, like a stupid voice. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Not in your wonderful singing. No, sweet because, voice. Like, the, like the radio version is yeah. like the king singers or oh, whatever. Yeah. It's like
0: The holly and the ivy, when they are both full
2: grown oh, of the trees that are in the bush, the holly bears the crown.
1: Oh, you are welcome. <laughs> you are welcome. My fantasy is that someone is playing this podcast in their car and they've got it pretty loud and they just drove by somebody and that person is left thinking that they are listening to the weirdest, worst song on earth. <laughs> A girl can dream, Brandy. No, that's right. Mm-hmm. Where were we? You were ruining my case. Oh, that's right. (laughs) So this sentence comes down, and Michael immediately spoke up. And he's like, hey, I'm not satisfied with the work my attorney has done on my case. Yes, ineffective counsel. He said, this guy met with me for like nine hours over the course of three years. He didn't do the stuff I asked him to do to prepare for this case. Wow. Can you imagine... No. Uh, I mean, it didn't matter. The judge ruled that he had not found grounds for ineffective counsel because you basically have to walk into court with your dick out to be called ineffective counsel. Yes. All right. (laughs) I really don't know why I felt the need to (laughs) say that.
2: It could have gone a lot of ways. I'm actually not surprised that that's a
3: that took it in.
1: The most shameful thing is that no one's surprised. <laughs> so at 18 years old, Michael went to a maximum security prison. Holy shit. Prison was horrible for him. He said that being that young put a target on his back. The first night he was there, someone attempted to rape him. He ended up joining a gang. He became a skinhead. He got all kinds of racist tattoos. He says he became a skinhead not because he held those beliefs or because his mother raised protection. Yeah. 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 Michael, of course, wanted to get out of prison and he turned to his dad for help. His dad apparently did hire lawyers to help with an appeal, but years went by and Michael eventually found out that those lawyers had been let go Right before a critical appeal deadline. Cool. Michael was so devastated by that that he began using heroin. And he spent years addicted to heroin. Wow. Michael's sisters were always in his corner, though. And they had a complicated relationship with their dad. Can you... I can't imagine. I
2: can't imagine.
1: No, because I think... You don't want it to be your dad. No, of course you don't, but you also know that's the most likely suspect. Yeah. But you're my God, you're hoping it's not. Yeah, of
2: course you are. Of course you are.
1: Because how incredibly fucked up do you have to be to number one, be involved in this. Number two. Let let your your fourteen year old son take the fall for it. My God. Okay, one oh my god, one of Michael's sisters told this story. Like so they both kind of had the the same story of like mm-hmm. you know, they you don't really want to cut contact with right. a family member, so they kinda of had tried well, to have a relationship. Lost a parent, like, Right. Yeah. And your brothers in prison? Yeah. I mean So they kind of tried to have a relationship and then at one point, like the dad sent a hilarious video. So one of the daughters and the video was like a husband and wife come out of their house and there's this new vehicle in Mm -hmm. the driveway with like a big bow on it. Mm -hmm. And the wife's all excited. And so she goes to get in it because it's like her present. And then as soon as she's in it, it blows up. What? Exactly. Exactly. And so... You know, she receives this video from her dad. Yeah. Who knows that, at the very least, knows that her mom died horribly. Horribly, yeah. It's like, first of all, who thinks that's funny anyway? Yeah,
2: that's not funny.
1: And she was just like, okay, yeah, we're done. yeah. Finally, after Michael had been in prison for about five years, he wrote a letter to the Midwest Innocence Project. And they took the case. And once they sat down with him and talked to him about his case, he said he finally felt hopeful again. He says that really helped him stop using heroin. Mm -hmm. So the Midwest Innocence Project worked on this case for years and eventually an additional team of attorneys got involved. And they made some pretty major discoveries, and you looked so bummed right now. Are you going to be okay? I'm good. <laughs> this sucks. I know we we can't be this in sync anymore. No, we I know. Go in opposite directions. Okay, you be five. What? Baby, when the lights go, go out, every single word, every word cannot, cannot express the love and tenderness. But how does? The, oh, I get it. Yeah, we're not in sync. We can't be as that boy band. We're a different boy band now. Correct, five. You're five. No, wait. What? You're in sync, and I'm five. Fuck that. (laughs) Fuck that. All the way home. (laughs) Give me a brick five. (laughs) What?
2: What do you want? You be Backstreet Boys? Is that
1: better? Is that
2: better than five? (laughs) I loved five. Then you be 5 fucking five.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow.
2: wow. You're insulted because so I told insulted. you to be
1: five? Hey, let's be talk show hosts. I'm Oprah. You're Ellen. <laughs> Although Ellen's too famous. See, yeah, it doesn't even exactly. work.
2: That doesn't work.
1: And I respect the and hell I'm, out of Sally Jesse Raphael, so yeah. I'm not insulting um, her. You. Call me fucking Dr. Phil, Kristen. That's the... Oh, well, that'd be a compliment to you because you love Dr. Dr. Phil so much. You stop
3: it!
1: Brandy famously has never disagreed with Dr. Phil or any yeah, of his takes. That is 100% not true. True, true, true. <laughs> Good thing he doesn't have a beard, am I right? Oh, my
2: gosh!
1: <laughs> Brandy is so sick of me. She's gonna <laughs> murder me because it's parade day, and she knows the cast won't come in anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, Brandy, you would never kill me. I wouldn't, unless you were like, I don't want to be five. I want to be in sync, and the only way to be in sync is to kill Kristen because she's in sync. <laughs> It all makes so sense. Stupid. It's a great motive. Great motive. Okay. Makes about as much sense as running back into a house to take your marijuana plant out. The yeah, back door. no fucking shit. Okay, all right. So should I be growing my own marijuana? You think? Uh, you can now. I know
2: it's legal. I assumed you got a little one of those hydroponic grow stands set up in the basement already. Have you seen those? The big, no. The big white things where you, people who have them in their house, they're growing herbs on them and you could grow herb on them.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I only like gummies. So oh, how yeah, do we... I? Think,
2: then you, that's a lot of processing you got to do to get to a gummy. Might
1: as well just, just buy them. Just go buy them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm glad we discussed that. I mean, them. what?
2: There's a dispensary pretty close to here. So, yeah. yeah. You don't even have to venture that far.
1: Yeah, there are also bra stores really close to the I know. Here, and yet fucking I'm, go to Soma. Brandy, I will. But this podcast has taken I over week, my yes. life. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and I'm too fucking professional, which is why I am podcasting in a sports bra right now. Very good. Mm-hmm. Go to
2: Soma. They're very nice there. It's not overwhelming <laughs> like Victoria's Secret is. I think I find Victoria's Secret very overwhelming. There's just like shit everywhere. Yeah. I don't think Soma's like that.
1: Okay. I'll have you know, I'm not looking forward to it. It's, it's. You can't make okay. me look forward to it. All right, fine. I bet you will
2: feel great about your tits afterwards. I already feel great about my tits. <laughs> <laughs> You'll feel even greater about your tits when they are fully supported and in the proper cup bra, proper sized cup bra, whatever. When they're cupped
1: properly. There we go. Yeah. I mean, that will be nice. Yeah. All right. Uh, I suppose I should get back to
2: this case. Yeah, okay, so Midwest Innocence Project takes it on. They bring in a special set of lawyers and they do make some very important discoveries in the case.
1: Wow, good job. I listen. Do you? I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, first off, the main thing tying Michael to this crime was the idea that he had gasoline on his shoes and the fire in his home had been fed by gasoline. Mm -hmm. But Michael's new defense team asked this expert, John Latini, who literally wrote the book Scientific Protocols for Fire Investigation. Which is a page-turner. Did you read it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so they asked him to take another look at the evidence, and he didn't find any gasoline on Mike's shoes. Yeah. This is the thing that I remember the most about this case. What? That there's
2: adhesive that is uh-huh. used in the production of tennis shoes uh-huh. that dogs could
1: possibly alert on. That yeah. Light, yeah. It can look like gasoline. hmm or smell like smell gasoline. Like gasoline. <laughs> and the especially disturbing part is that that's something that the scientific community has known for like 25 years. Yeah. But evidently the expert that the prosecution used in Michael's trial wasn't super up to speed. Yeah. And the defense didn't bother to get any
2: fucking experts. And mm-hmm. so no one was there to contest that information. Right.
1: The other thing they pointed out in their filings was that there was evidence that someone else committed this crime. Okay, yes, Ed did have an alibi, Mm -hmm. but what if he had someone helping him? Mm -hmm. For example, his cousin, Johnny, the one who oopsies found what Mm -hmm. was maybe a murder weapon. No, that was for sure not the murder weapon, Kristen. Well, it actually wasn't the murder weapon. Oh. And yet he came forward with it and said, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. You know, maybe, maybe, just saying, in case they didn't have enough evidence on Michael. Yeah, exactly. Witnesses placed Johnny near the crime scene that day. Johnny lived a few miles away from Rita. One witness said that they saw him walking away from Rita's trailer that morning wearing a wet T-shirt. Another witness said that they saw his truck parked near Rita's trailer. Some of these stories are so chilling. So this couple, Larry and Carolyn Lee, were both interviewed for 48 hours. And Larry said that he remembers hearing sirens that morning and saw Johnny walking down the railroad tracks. And Johnny walked up to him and asked if he'd heard about Rita. And Larry said no. And Johnny said that somebody had killed her. But how the fuck would he have known that? About a week later, Carolyn says that Johnny came to their door at, like, 6 a.m. one morning, and he said that he and Ed were investigating Rita's murder, and he needed to know everything that she knew about Rita's death. Holy shit. He told her, we heard you were up at the store talking about it. And she was like, I don't know anything about it. And he kept pressing her, and finally she was like, okay, you need to leave. Mm-hmm. Larry and Carolyn say they wish they would have talked to investigators at the time, but they didn't.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So the sad thing, I mean, there are a lot of sad things, yeah. but Michael's new defense team tried everything they could to appeal his investig to appeal his conviction.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Words. <laughs> I was going to say <laughs> Do they have we meaning? Just, we could cut that little part out, Kristen. No, we cannot. (laughs) Because that small, small error is proof that I am human. (laughs) (laughs) So they tried everything they could. Yeah. But nothing worked. They were hopeful, though. There was this new prosecutor in the county, a guy named Josh Hedgecourth, who um, turns out to be one of those, like, nut jobs who thinks that justice is more important than winning So he was actually doing what he could to say, hey, this guy was convicted on bad science. And if I had this case in front of me today, I wouldn't move forward with it. There's not enough here. Yeah. On top of that, five of the nine jurors who were still alive from Michael's trial, mm-hmm. signed affidavits in which they doubted whether he'd received a fair trial. Wow. Worth noting, you know, they weren't all saying, oh, he's totally innocent. But some of them were like, well, there's no way he did this alone. Yeah. He did do this. And then other people were just like, you know, after learning more, my God. Yeah. No, 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 no. This isn't right. Yeah. But even that wasn't enough. That infuriated Michael's legal team. Mm -hmm. One of his lawyers, Megan Crane, said the state's prioritization of finality over fairness is premised on protecting the jury's verdict. That goes out the window when the jurors themselves believe he is innocent and want their verdict reversed. Yeah, Yeah, this whole thing had been like, oh, but no, no, we can't do that to the jury. Mm -hmm. And the jurors are literally like, no, um, we're cool with it. Yeah, well, and what could be worse than feeling like you You, put a kid away yeah. For their entire life. Mm-hmm. And you got it wrong. Yeah. The thing that finally moved the needle was a 2021 Missouri Supreme Court ruling, which basically said hey, we've had a great time locking up juveniles for their entire lives without parole, but maybe that's a little fucked up. Yeah. Maybe we should give people a shot at parole. See, I was a little confused by this because I thought it was the Supreme Court ruling, just like what you said.
2: Yeah, well, the, the Supreme Court ruling did come down in 2012, but I think they left it up to the states. Oh, great! Yeah,
1: and <laughs> why
2: take good right.
1: advice? <laughs> um, so Michael got a chance to go before the tr- the board, which is <laughs> like, like a, a parole board. board, but they have churros. <laughs> so, in that sense, <laughs> who can be mad? Right. <laughs> his lawyers were pretty nervous. So Megan Crane said, and I mean, I god, this is fucked up, but it's true. I mean, what parole boards want to hear is I'm sorry. Yeah. I did this and I'm sorry. Um but Michael was never going to say that. Yeah. He had never wavered in his innocence and he definitely wasn't going to start now. No. So he just got in front of them and, you know, told the truth. Yeah. And it worked. Michael was released from prison on April 22nd, 2022. He was 38 years mm-hmm. old. Friends and family, though I'm guessing not his dad, were there to celebrate his release. Mm-hmm. And he seems to be doing pretty well. He moved in with his sister Melanie. He's been getting his prison tattoos covered up with new ones, just Daffy Duck. Oh, Daffy Duck. There is, um, oh gosh, there's like a famous. That was a joke, by the way. I don't want to besmirch yeah, no. this guy's good name. I uh, know.
2: There is like a, famously a tattoo artist who will do free tattoos for like felons, ex cons, that type mm-hmm. of thing, who want to get their racist prison tattoos altered. Yeah. Covered up. Yeah. I don't know that that's the guy doing these the tattoos. The catch but... is
1: he's not very good. No. <laughs>
2: <laughs> there's actually a program too. I actually just watched this woman on TikTok who there's a program that you can apply to to like get actually get laser removal for prison uh-huh. tattoos. This woman on TikTok who's documenting her process. She has like her whole entire face Whoa. tattooed, kind of like a sugar skull. Like she's got like yeah, and she's in the process of getting hers removed, and it's it's through this program that she applied for.
1: Wow, yeah. Holy Moses. Mm-hmm. What's the farthest up you'd go with a tattoo? Oh, I'm not tattooing my fucking face. Yeah, would you do a neck tattoo? I, ooh,
2: I would say no, but I think I might. I think Th- you yeah, might too, I yeah. I think I might, yeah. I could I could see that. But yeah, that'd be... Also, I'm scared that that would hurt a lot, so... <laughs> oh. I almost fucking tapped out of my London
1: tattoo! That spot is tendy. Well, but don't, you just have to power through, right? Well, yeah, I had to. I mean, I was already in. Yeah. So, I mean, same Yeah, same deal with the neck tattoo. Yeah. Once you're in, you're in. That's right. What would you get on the neck? I mean, the flowers. I am sweating.
2: It It is a little toasty. No, I just, like, I think, like, you know, because like, I'm doing this whole, like, floral shoulder piece thing. Uh-huh. Like, I could see me, like, bringing a flower up onto my neck.
1: Or, like, a bag of Miracle-Gro that is spilled over onto your shoulder. No. Brandy, that is funny. (laughs) What? I had... Okay.
2: What? I had some drinks the other night. Uh Uh-huh. My favorite new cocktail. Oh, yes. Yes, we're familiar. uh, David and I were up late. It was Saturday night. We were decorating our house for Valentine's party the next Mm -hmm. day with David's Mm -hmm. family. And I just, like, saw... David's tattoo that he got on our honeymoon—we got these cute little octopuses, mm-hmm. octopi. Mm-hmm. We each got an octopuses.
1: octopus. Thank you.
2: <laughs> and his is like kind of down on his ankle. Mm-hmm. And the image of the perfect leg piece for him popped into my head. What was it? Okay, so he keeps his little his little cart. It's like a cartoony octopus. Is what we right. got. Like cute right. little cartoony octopus. Okay, so imagine this. That little cartoony octopus is now in a snow globe. Okay. Okay. And then there's this giant, very detailed Kraken tattooed very largely on David's leg with just like one little tentacle coming under and holding that little cutesy octopus in a snow globe. What's Kraken? Okay.
1: <laughs> I
2: am so sorry. Anyway, I think it's a genius idea. It's a great idea. Should totally do it.
1: How many drinks did it take you to come up with this idea? (laughs) (laughs) We're talking two. Yeah, like literally two. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's a wild night for you. That is two drinks. (laughs) Yep. Yep. (laughs) Anyway, um, so yeah, Michael got his tattoos covered up. He found work as a carpenter, and I mean. I think he's doing great. And here's all the evidence you need. Okay. Okay. Picture it. 48 hours. They show, you know, just kind of the B-roll footage of him living his life. They showed him in a backyard petting a medium-sized black Mm -hmm. dog. Perfect. Sitting next to a hot tub. Wonderful. Yeah, he's made it. Live your life. Yeah. Hey. Hey.
2: Is he making that paper?
1: I mean, probably not because he's a convicted felon. Yeah. Thanks for bringing that up. I'm sorry. Can't just be happy for a man with a dog and a hot I am, tub? I am happy not for him. Not a dog and a hot tub, but you know. I'm also jealous because I... You're not rich like me. I don't have a dog or a hot tub. Oh, God, that's fucked up. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's okay. I'm very... Fair- oh, Fuck. I was just trying to brag about my new hot tub <laughs> that is coming to my home in six to eight weeks. Did you really order a hot tub? Did I not tell no! you that? Brandon, We've
3: been talking about this forever. You actually ordered one?
1: Everyone, attention, please. I have wanted a hot tub for literal Since the dawn of time. Years. Yes. Years. But I've been too much of a cheap ass to do it. But I found a very small hot tub. Amazing. Online. Just room for one. I mean, literally one of the reviews was like, this says it's for four people, but my husband and I are both tall and it's barely enough for us. I'm like, <laughs> okay, that's fine. That's fine. I am so fucking excited. Yeah. Like, so fucking excited. Uh, yeah. This is the biggest thing to ever happen to anyone.
2: Yeah. It's the, it's the you know. Coolest one. things than sliced bread. Okay. I thought you had something better than That's that. That's all I had. And I was trying to come up with something better. That's why yeah, I was stalling. You were short-circuiting <laughs> a little bit there.
1: <laughs> Big things are happening. I'm so
2: jealous. You should get one. You have dogs and now uh, almost no, a don't hot th- tub. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just teasing you. I'm I'm fine. Thank you.
1: <laughs> you should get one. You said to me... Yeah, I want one. Why don't you get one? Because I need to, I, I have to move first. No, you don't have to move first. Yeah, I do. I, I mean, I do. you really yeah. don't want to move with a hot no, tub. No, what, am I going mean? to move my fucking hot tub with no. me? No. No, it's like buying a pool table. Yeah. Once you've brought a pool table into that a home. Lives there. You're there forever now. That, that, um, what's the, what's the
2: realtor word they use that goes with the house? That, <laughs> <laughs> I can't fucking remember. doesn't matter
1: stays with the home. Yeah, but it, that's not they uh, use no, a fancy you're, word. You're right, you're right. It's
2: conveys with the home. Mm. That conveys with the home, I believe is what they say. Mm. I might be making that
1: up. The hot tub that gives people yeast infections stays with the home. That's right. It's what they say in the listings. <laughs>
2: do you know what oh, oh, Okay, right. I was going to ask hot tub questions. You don't have it. Yet you don't know. Ask me anything. What kind of water treatment do those require? I don't know. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, How many jets does it have? I would have to look it up. But literally, I went on Costco and I bought the smallest yeah. one they had. Yeah. Because, you know, Norman, Norman wants everything to be perfect. Yeah. You know, you've got to have, you know, the voltage. That's you know, Everything right. needs safety, yeah. safety, safety. That's right. You know what safety does? It craps on my dreams of having a hot tub. <laughs> anyway, the point is. My life isn't great right now, but it's about to be in wonderful. In weeks, <laughs> it's
2: be amazing. you will be sitting with a medium-sized black dog in a hot tub. <laughs> Damn right.
1: <laughs> oh. It's going to be wonderful. Yeah. Will we podcast from the hot tub? No. Absolutely we will. That's I just have to convince Brandy. They a- ever. They want to hear bubbles. They don't. They want to hear but bubbles. people don't want to hear bubbles. They do. And they want us to go, it's so hot in here.
2: Exactly. Well, we're going to sit in there for two hours and 23 minutes?
1: Maybe we are. No. (laughs) Jump on in, never nude. (laughs) Exactly. What am I wearing for this? Whatever you want. A sweatsuit? Oh, my God. (laughs) What would you wear? I mean, I... For a hot tub party for two? (laughs)
2: Typically, I just wear a, a bathing suit in right, a hot tub, but right. if I was
1: worried that somebody else might see, I might... Somebody else might see. I. It's a hot tub party for two, you and me, lady, okay. and um, I've got snacks for us, a bowl of spaghetti each. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I want to eat that in the hot tub! That's rude to come over to someone's house <laughs> when they've made something for you and reject uh, it. What's a hot tub? What is a hot snack you would eat in a hot tub? Spaghetti with
2: meatballs. No.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know what I'm thinking would be good in a hot tub? Hmm. An ice cream sandwich.
1: Yeah, it'd be great. That just sounds delightful. Contrast. <laughs> yeah, Contrast, is. my friend. Yeah, absolutely. No, I feel like, um, you know, you have a bevy. Yeah.
2: You could do fruit. Fruit would be good.
1: Who's, what, are you going to sit there eating grapes like you're no, the king of no, England or something?
2: <laughs> yeah. I want, I want Norm to feed us grapes while we're in hot tub. And then Dave will come and he'll fan us with one of those big, big leaves.
1: Okay. And then, then we're maxed out because yeah. the, the area of the porch No, they're not... Yeah, they have
2: to sit... They can't... They're no, on they're either not inv- side yeah, of the hot tub. No, they're not in the
1: hot tub. We're on the same page. Yeah, okay. I'm just saying even then, there's okay. not room for the dogs. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think the dogs
2: will be over it. They'll be peeing in their new rubber mulch that
1: they love so much. It's true. Yeah. Gosh, way to let people know that I'm really living my life. You are. I got rubber mulch, okay? That's right. (laughs) (laughs) I watched a lot of YouTube videos about it. Color doesn't fade, my friends. (laughs) Oh my God. Do you worry sometimes that I'm getting too cool for you? Uh, yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. I do. You should have seen me at fucking Sam's Club with the rubber mulch bags. <laughs> Just a lady with a bunch of rubber yeah. mulch. And a French silk pie. Of course. Obviously. For the Super Bowl party. <laughs> <laughs> that was literally what I got. Nine bags of mulch and a French silk pie. Amazing. <laughs> uh, should I finish
2: this <laughs> story? You should. Um, okay, so he's in a backyard. He's next to a hot tub. He's yeah, got him so petting a medium-sized black dog.
1: Obviously, he's very happy to have his freedom, but he's yeah. still a fucking convicted. Exactly, fella, and I'm sorry, the real person who did this mm-hmm. is still out there, and he wants justice for his. Of moment. course. So the new prosecutor, Josh Hedgecourt, had filed a motion asking for Michael's conviction to be overturned. Really? Yes. Well, that's don't, hu- I mean that's yes. huge in the state of Missouri though. Like I know, but don't get excited. It doesn't work. Well, the Missouri Attorney General, famed douchebag Eric Schmidt, fought against it. I know. Um, the guy
2: who sued all of our schools uh-huh. about masks. Yeah, I said our schools. Like I live in Missouri, but
1: well, you have a stepson in Missouri. I do have yes. a stepson
2: who goes to a Missouri school. Yes, so I can't call them our schools. Yes. Yes. It's yeah. fucking
1: ridiculous. It's At the ridiculous. height of the pandemic, mm-hmm. he was fighting against masks mm-hmm. and like any kind of, you know, safety restrictions. Yeah. Also, um he is fighting against vaccines, mandatory vaccines for healthcare workers. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Also Fuck LGBTQ rights. rights. Yeah. Am I right? Okay, yeah, did you hear cool. about the
2: new bill that's trying to be passed? What? I like, literally just heard about it oh today. Oh my God, what? That if a student tells their teacher that they believe they might be trans, that the teacher is now uh, required to report that to their parents.
1: No. No. Yes, ma'am. Hey, you know how hard it is to be trans? Let's make it even harder. Yep.
2: Yeah. uh, Teachers are required to tell a parent within 24 hours if a student comes out as trans or the teacher could lose their license.
1: That is heartless. Yeah. That's a group of kids... Mm-hmm. who are the most vulnerable. Yep. For being kicked out of their homes, they're the most vulnerable yep. for harming themselves. Yep. And maybe they find an adult they trust mm-hmm. and you're going to Yep. You're going to ruin that. Yep. Great. Okay, well that was exciting. Sorry. God, I fucking hate that. Yeah. Oh yeah. <sighs> okay, so Eric Schmidt fought against that. Cool. Fucking Eric Schmidt. So things don't look good for Michael's exoneration. Mm-hmm. Josh Hedgecourt lost his bid for reelection, and according to 48 Hours, the Missouri Supreme Court has temporarily halted the effort to overturn Michael's conviction.
2: So that probably just means like forever.
1: That's, I mean, it said temporarily. Temporarily, oh, real
2: loosely there, I'm yeah. guessing.
1: But hopefully... Once this episode gets out, Mm -hmm. this is going to be the thing. (laughs) And people will first, they'll think about the hot tub Mm -hmm. and all the other important things we've discussed on this episode that haven't taken away from the story at all. In the least. And, yeah. Michael said, talking about the state, Mm -hmm. not only did they victimize me, but they further victimized my mother. Yeah, So he's a guy... Who wants justice for his mom and justice for himself? Mm-hmm. I fucking hope he gets it. Yeah, me too. Ugh. Yeah. Also, his sisters are awesome. Yeah. Anyway, so that's my story about a fire. Fuck. These were heavy fucking cases today. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But you know what? It's your fault because you knew I was doing this one.
2: You know, I did know you were doing it, but Mm -hmm. I did not put the fire connection. Like, yeah, for whatever reason, I didn't make that connection when I picked my case. Mm
1: -hmm. Oh, what are you you doing there? I uh, accidentally scraped a pimple. It's fine. (laughs) It's totally fine. (laughs) Did you know, fun fact, I (laughs) am 37. Uh I did know that. Yeah, you did know that. Did I pass the test? Is that everything? No. (laughs) (laughs) Last night, I had to put on five pimple patches on myself. What's a pimple patch? Oh, my God. You see, some people, Brandy, they have pimples. And so you put a little patch on them. You sleep in them. Oh, and then you wake up and the pimple's gone? Well, in a perfect world, maybe in the real world, they're just a little smaller. I
2: just put like a little little dollop yeah, okay. of benzoyl yeah, peroxide on mine. We I get don't one. care what you do, okay?
1: Because you sleep in your makeup and you have beautiful skin. Thank you that somehow wasn't a compliment. <laughs> 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 oh, shall we take some questions from our Discord? Oh, wait, first um, we'll probably at some point insert an ad here.
0: Do do do. <laughs>
1: And we're back from the ad. Doodly! Was it a good ad? Did you <laughs> like it?
2: <laughs> yeah, let's take some questions from our Discord. To get in the Discord, all you have to do is join our Patreon at the $5 level or higher. And then you can get in here. You can shitty chat the day away with other listeners of this very podcast. And then on days we record, we ask questions. and some Or we ask four questions, actually. We don't ask questions. I'll ask, ask four questions. questions. And then... The people of the Discord ask them, and we answer a few. Holy shit. I don't think you're prepared for (laughs) this. (laughs) Okay, Michael the Snowhoe wants to know, have you ever thought how much time would be saved if Kristen just recorded from the toilet? (gasps) (gasps)
3: Sir! You would save so
2: much editing time, we already hear her stomach, so it would just be an efficiency
3: thing.
1: (laughs) This is so rude and so hateful. (laughs) why is it always the prettiest one who's mocked the most <laughs> you ever thought about that i seems like you've never thought about I, that. i have mm. i have thought about it oh sarah love stars wants to know are you good at picking out fake people or manipulators can you tell right away if you can trust or not trust a person if so how long have you had this sense? oh brandy's already nodding can you tell? Mm. Are you
2: easily hoodwinked? Um, I think I'm pretty good, but also I have an 11 year marriage that would say
1: otherwise. <laughs> I'm sorry for laughing so hard no. at that. <laughs> I mean, that is that is true. You were nodding like, yes, yes. I'm incredibly gifted in this area. Yeah. I'll wait. Oh wait, oh wait, I was. Uh, Yep, yeah. yep, yep, yep. <laughs> yep. No, I don't feel like I'm particularly good at it. Is this basically like saying, hey, come, yeah, come scam us? Yeah, come scam us. I mean, we're great. We're the best in the biz. Yeah, that's right. We'll spot you coming a mile away.
2: Yeah. Ooh, Clark Adventures 94. What's to know, Kristen, any good book recommendations? I'm in a romance kick lately, and I'm looking for some new
1: reads. You read anything good lately? You got any... Any Rex? Hmm. Okay. Um. I don't read a ton of romance, mm-hmm. but just thinking back to romance books that I have read and enjoyed immensely, the Hating Game. That's yeah. a hot ass book. Oh, steamy ass book right okay. there. The Hating Game. Mm. You think it's about hate? It's not. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's about fucking. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Red, White, and Royal Blue. God, I loved that book. That's a good one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Excellent
2: recommendations. You don't know. No you have no idea.
1: Them. I could have just recommended <laughs> the two shittiest books ever possible. written. I didn't. Don't worry. Oh,
2: Oh, I find this question deeply disturbing. What? Down Bitch wants to know I asked my class this last week would you rather have a pet dog with a human face
1: oh, no. or a dog with human hands? Oh my God. Oh my God. Yuck. Boy, I hate everything about I that. Think I think I got to go hands. Ew. Do we get to see the face before we make a decision? I don't think so.
2: Yeah, cuz I like I like a dog face to like, you know, nuzzle on me and stuff. I don't want a dog human face doing that. I think I got to go human hands, dog face. Mm. I think that's less traumatizing. You know what I'm going to say? You're going the opposite.
1: I'm going to say neither. Oh, you don't want that dog. I don't want the dog. <laughs> Someone else can have that dog. <laughs> That's such a cop-out. I know, but I'm not playing this game.
2: (gasps) Sean, I'm so fucking jealous. I just got tickets for the 2024 Olympics. Which events would you most want to watch? Every
1: fucking one of them. I want to see them all. Brandy's not exaggerating. She does even the lame ones. Oh, I love them all. Are Are you okay? No, I'm just so jealous. I thought... You were thinking about Dr. Phil or something. Okay. (laughs) Calm down. Where are the
2: 2024 Olympics? I'm surprised you don't know. I mean, I probably do. It's just not coming to me right now. (gasps) They're in
1: Paris. (gasps) Fuck. You could go to the Louvre afterward. (laughs) 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 That'd be so cool.
2: Okay, here's what I think you gotta do. Okay. You have to see the swimming. The swimming just blows my mind. Mm-hmm. Those people move in the water so fucking fast. Mm-hmm. Okay, you gotta make sure you see the swimming. Um, oh, gymnastics. Yeah, you exactly. Gymnastics. No,
1: gymnastics is number one. Gymnastics, for sure. Track and field, mm-hmm.
2: the running, specifically like the dashes. Holy shit. Because then also you get to see my favorite thing which is the dongs just flapping around okay, while creep. they're running. No, Mike. it's not sexual at all. It's not sexual in any way. It is literally like, I like. how do you run like that? How is that not super distracting? How do you do a 40-yard dash that
1: fast when your dongs just flapping around? Brandy. If someone said, you know what I love about watching Brandy run? Watching her genitals flop around. And they're like, oh, no, 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 don't worry. It's not sexual. Would you be like reassured?
3: <laughs> yeah. No.
1: What? Yeah.
2: What? They're not, they're not undressing me with their eyes. It's just like a pure, I'm just like thinking about the distraction of it. And like, I'm honestly amazed <laughs> <laughs> by the dongs. Yeah. And the way they can just power through with that thing just flopping around. Mm
1: hmm. Well, people go through all kinds of things in life, don't they? That's right. <laughs> anyway, I'm super jealous shown. Hmm. Sheryl Lander wants to know, what's the sneakiest thing you've done to the other and never fessed up about? You got anything? No. I mess with you all the time. but well, obviously, but I had an
2: answer until you said I never fessed up about. Oh, well, what is it? Just... Fucking episode 68 of this podcast.
1: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Hmm. yeah. Go listen to that episode. Yeah, that's right. If you want to see bullying in its <laughs> truest form. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, Carrie, Carrie Boberry. Wants to know, how do you deal with a coworker who drives you bonkers? I have one who constantly makes mistakes, doesn't care that she does, and is racist as fuck. She is also the boss's wife. So I have to deal with her no matter what. That sucks. Yeah. I have no advice. That's terrible. I do. What do you got? My favorite thing to do when someone says, when a white person says something racist, here's what you do. What do you mean by that? <gasps> That's good. And you don't even have to call them out. You can just be like, hmm, that seems really impolite. And that will bother them so much. Uh-huh. So much. Just make it uncomfortable yeah. for them to say that stuff around you. I don't know. Maybe it wouldn't work, but. Might. It's a thing I enjoy. Yeah. Doing.
2: Ooh. Kristen, Mm -hmm. professional grave robber, wants to know Do you secretly have a favorite pet?
1: Oh. No, but. um,
2: Oh, oh. What? No, but
1: Dottie is my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) You asshole. I was going to say, but. Dottie is more bonded to me. <laughs> okay. I am absolutely not mm-hmm. playing favorites. I'm mm-hmm. just saying yeah, who Dottie's likes her favorite.
2: It's fine because uh, Kit is Norm's favorite.
1: So. I still remember the day you figured that out. <laughs> and it brought you so much joy to know that. Okay. I'm not saying we both have favorites. Just that the dogs have favorites. Mm-hmm. And, and you guys both love it. I mean, it's true because we're both jealous, <laughs> yeah. N- jealous, needy people. And like when Kit comes over to get affection for me, Dottie will come over and knock her out of the way. And I'm always like, oh, Dottie. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Ooh, calling in horny, wants to know, Kristen, how's your ass doing after your iced coffee and buffalo wings combo mishap?
1: Whatever do you mean?
2: (laughs) Yeah, what happened last week after we stopped recording? Was everything okay?
1: Um, look, Brandy, I'm the kind of woman who has a hot tub coming to her house (laughs) in six to eight weeks. So obviously I don't have any troubles. Okay. Okay, I mean, you might have major issues, but not me. So everything was fine? You didn't blow up the
2: bathroom like the second I left your house?
1: How incredibly rude of you. Okay, here's here's what happened. After you left mm-hmm. my home... Uh-huh. Your humble abode. Which at this point does not have a hot tub, uh-huh. so, you know, things are still a little rough. Yeah. Norman was like, hey, let's go get the dogs from daycare. And mm-hmm. I was like, I cannot. <laughs> I simply cannot. Uh-huh. So... There you go. I will not tell anymore because I'm a very classy woman.
2: Okay, here's what I, here's what I will share as well
3: mm-hmm. is
2: that while we were recording, my stomach started cramping. Not like rumbling like yours mm-hmm. did, but like another I thing I talked about, it, like a general tightening of the stomach. Yeah, my,
1: like you were doing some crunches against your will. That's right.
2: And so I got home hoping that that would transfer into a satisfying bathroom visit. And that my never goodness. happened. Never happened.
1: And you remain unsatisfied to this day? Well, no, <laughs> um, so Norman was like also like, mm, yeah, not not feeling great, not yeah. feeling great. Think maybe some things were happening." Yeah. And he was telling me this like the next morning, mm-hmm. and then he promptly went and ate the leftovers from mm-hmm. that meal. Mm-hmm. great. So do we feel sorry for him? No, we do not. No.
2: Mm. Okay. All right. That was a high-stakes question. All right. Doppenditz wants to know,
1: do you believe there is a wrong way to load the dishwasher? I mean, sure. Yeah, there's got to be a wrong way, right? Yeah. But I'm not one of these people who, like, if someone else has loaded my dishwasher Mm -hmm. for me, Mm -hmm. then that's the right way. Yes. Great. Thank you. Here's the deal. This is this
2: is exactly what I thought of. Okay. Okay, I needed a dish that had recently been washed in the dishwasher. David is the is the one who had loaded the dishwasher.
1: David's like always the one who loads the dishwasher like he does the dishes. So, let me get this straight. Um he does the laundry, he usually does the dishes and you fall asleep in your makeup. So, I am You're living the hot tub I life. I am living
2: though, the fucking dream, No. <laughs>
1: We're all very happy for okay, you and not so at all jealous. He,
2: he pulled out this pan that mm-hmm. I needed, and I was immediately annoyed. Why? Because this pan had been through the dishwasher, but there was still some, a, a, a bit a of a film, a film on mm-hmm. the bottom of it, a remnant of some kind. And mm-hmm. so initially I huffed. At I, him? Okay, I just huffed in general. And I took Brandy. it to the sink. Well, just listen to the story, Kristen. Okay, I'm immediately on David's side. I huffed and I took it to the sink and I said, well, I guess I'll have to wash this. <laughs> and I washed it and David was like, I'm really sorry. And I was like, No, I was an asshole. I apologize. Like, why? You did the dishes. Why am I annoyed at you? Like, I'm so sorry. And so, yeah, like I was annoyed that I, it wasn't like he didn't rinse it properly before he put it in the dishwasher. What a fucking asshole. Yes. Yes. And I
1: apologized to, to mm-hmm. him. Yes. Apologize to the listeners too. Why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what a fucking asshole. What's that podcast that only covers terrible people, people? <laughs> This Is Monsters? What?
2: I'm going to be on This Is Monsters?
1: Do, we, do they do like a write-in segment where I can tell them that story? <laughs> no! Uh,
2: yeah, anyway, so the answer is, um, yeah, there's probably a wrong way to do it. But if somebody else is, do it, like, is doing it, I'm not going to complain because I would be an asshole. And I have been an asshole. Mm-hmm. And then I apologized for it. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: Wow. What a horrific story. For David. And for everyone to listen to. Ooh, Annie Hooters
2: wants to know, if you are accused of a crime, which lawyer, dead or alive, would you hire to defend you?
1: It would depend on what crime I have been Mm, accused of.
2: I'm just hiring the guy from Jungle Law. (laughs) Just because I'm hoping he's going to bring that talking monkey.
1: Brittany, you're going to be in prison for the rest of your life. (laughs) And the only claim you'll have is, well, I met the guy from Jungle. And the talking monkey.
2: You don't think that's actually his pet? You think that was just for the commercial?
1: I don't think it's his pet. I think it's more like a romantic thing. Stop it. That was a disgusting thing to say. Disgusting. Who are you hiring? Um, It's a, okay,
2: white collar crime. Embezzlement
1: Hmm. you've been you've I've been, been embezzling from this podcast, from this very podcast, which I have done <laughs> I did remember that one time I y- accidentally confessed embezzled
2: immediately still
1: embezzling <laughs> it's not <laughs> yes it is I don't think it is. I very briefly embezzled when I accidentally <laughs> used the company credit card to, to buy just meal yeah. <laughs> Badass, Yeah.
2: You're a real criminal.
1: Who are you hiring? Oh, gosh. Um, Who did Casey Anthony hire? What did she... (laughs) I'm just kidding. I mean, look, if he can get her off... Uh, I mean, yeah. Then I'm not doing... Who the fuck is his name? Baez. What's his first name? I don't know. Juan? I don't actually want him as my attorney. I wonder if Clarence Darrow would...
2: (laughs) That's who you put are. on a
1: clean shirt. Absolutely. Mm. No, it'll
2: be it'll be wrinkled. It'll have like a little bit of soup on it, but mm-hmm. yeah. What the hell was Casey Anthony's attorney's name? I don't know. Jose Baez, Juan Baez was a basketball player.
1: Well, I was never going to correct you on that. <laughs> I make it a point to pay very little attention to sports. Okay. <laughs> okay, whatever. Oh, what? <laughs> um, everyone, you know what we're going to do now? We're going to read your—well, first, we're doing Supreme Court inductions. That's correct. Hello. If you'd like to be inducted in this podcast, sign up for our Patreon and support the show. That's right. Brandy's not wearing pants right now because she can't afford them, That's but if you sign true. up for our Patreon— <laughs> maybe we can get this woman to cover her cooter. Kristen could only afford a two-person hot tub. (laughs) Hey, technically, it says on the website it's a (laughs) four-person. The reviews say, hey, these better be four really small people. (laughs) Listen, obviously, you don't have to worry about me. I'm embezzling from the podcast. (laughs) And that solves the mystery of how I'm getting my hot tub. (laughs) We are continuing to read your names and your first celebrity crushes. What if I get my hot tub and it becomes my whole personality, like Hawaiian shirts all the time. And I'm just. You always have an umbrella in your drink. (laughs) In my coffee. (laughs) You start wearing a flower behind your ear. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm just a lot more chill. Yeah anxiety poof gone You're just uh, one depression giant prune, though goodbye oh yeah i would be quite prune like <laughs> yeah but would you notice because like i'd be taking all my calls and all my visitors in, in the, the hot, hot tub, tub. <laughs> <laughs> and anyone who are you wait me. okay i was gonna say
2: people who are visiting you mm-hmm. are they invited into the tub or do they have to sit next to you
1: Oh, well, they're invited in the tub. Okay. Hey, dish yourself up some spaghetti and meatballs. <laughs> Hop in. Spaghetti and meatballs? <laughs> We've got garlic bread in the I mean, oven. Meatballs are a real mistake because you got to cut those up and it's just going <laughs> to right off into the hot tub. And that is why when you're in my hot tub eating your spaghetti and meatballs, you have to just fork it <laughs> and eat it like a lollipop. <laughs> And I am prepared. I can leave I am a lollipop. For, okay. Don't you stop. Please don't bring don't, don't sexual activity into my hot tub. Oh, right. Unless you're doing it to me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if anyone's having fun in my hot tub, it's going to be me. It's going to be me. Limbs the rules. Wonderful. I've been looking up towel
2: racks. Uh-huh. Outdoor towel racks. Yeah. Okay. What do you is there I'm are there lots of options? Not really, but um today Do you need you, I think you need to be researching step stools. I feel like that's the most important part of the hot tub. You're tall though, so you might not need one. You might just be able to just
1: Yeah, but when you come over Saddle right on over And that I think thing. we've established that you're definitely getting in. Mm-hmm. For sure getting in, for sure. Um you're going to want I'm going to want a, a step stool, and mm-hmm. I'm going to want it to be sturdy mm-hmm. and non slip. Oh, darn, I was going to lube <laughs> it right up for you. <laughs> uh, okay, we can move on now.
2: Okay, great. All right. Uh, n- names and first celebrity crushes mm-hmm.
1: Joanna. Oh, shit, I'm on the wrong episode. Okay. okay. Do you think this is Joanna or Johanna? There is an H there, but sometimes people are funny about H's, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. herbs. Mm-hmm. Okay. Fun fact, there's an H there. Okay. Johanna. Lee Majors from Six Million Dollar Man. Mm-hmm. Aubrey. What? Aubrey, my favorite cookie is <laughs> Mrs. Otto Friedrichson's sugar cookie recipe from an old Norwegian country church cookbook. We made them with almond flavor and frosting every year for the holidays. And to me, there is no better cookie. Also, I don't know Mrs. Otto's first name, and I hate it too. What? <laughs> Aubrey, Aubrey. <laughs> you know what? We are going to assume that what you just told us is that Mrs. Otto Friedrichson your, was your celebrity crush. <laughs> Jody Lynn, Johnny Resnick, Resnick from the Goo Goo Dolls, yes. Jamie Shapiro, Jesse McCartney. Gracie. AJ from the Backstreet Boys, because he was the bad one. Oh damn right he was. Facial Wait, hair. Is he the one who wore the fingerless gloves? <laughs> I think he was. Oh my god. <laughs> you know when you say that he doesn't seem like a badass. <laughs> Maddie. Nick Jonas. Rudy Tootie Fresh and Fruity. Adam Ant. Dana! She wants to be Dana L. I'm oh, sorry. Dana L. Can you she read! it's obviously not. Victor Garber. He is 39 years older than me. Sorry, Kristen. Okay, well. I don't have a clue who Victor Garber is. I think exactly. this is like the first one that I have like just not even the faintest idea. Maybe he's someone from a history book.
2: Oh, no. We know this guy. He's the shitty lawyer boss in, in uh, Legally Blonde. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay. Puts his,
2: puts his hand on Elle's thigh and gives
1: mm-hmm. it a little squeeze. Yeah, I do remember. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. remember covering mm-hmm. that case on this very podcast. <laughs> That's right. Courtney. Avril Levine. Oh, the tie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, Absolutely. I realized that was uh, several years ago. <laughs> Kelly. Angelina Jolie. Hannah S. Orlando Bloom. Christy B. Mark Wahlberg. Oh, have you listened to the episode on Mark Wahlberg? That's a bonus episode. (laughs) Grace H. Gordo from Lizzie McGuire. Jordan H. Jonathan Taylor Thomas. I was worried we wouldn't hear him this episode. Melissa Adderd. Rick Astley. <laughs> oh, you know because he's never gonna give you up. He's never gonna let you down. I don't mean to make everyone jealous, including you, Melissa. <laughs> uh, but I saw him in concert. You did? Yeah.
2: Oh, was this like the nineties mixtape concert? Yeah, thing he was in the yeah. New
1: Kids in the Block on the Block concert. Yeah, it looks great. Wonderful. Sang beautifully. Excellent. Smelled terrible. You didn't. Smell I right. don't know. Okay, <laughs>
2: that's rude to say.
1: <laughs> Katie B. Dylan O'Brien in Teen Wolf. Welcome to the Supreme Court. <laughs> wah, 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 wah.
2: Oh, oh, you mm-hmm. really gave it all you got this time.
1: <laughs> well, I really like this group of inductees. I've never liked any <laughs> other. <laughs> Uh, uh, on that note, thank you, everyone, for all of your support.
2: We appreciate it so much, especially these 16 people who mm-hmm. got inducted on this episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you're looking for other ways to support us, please find us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Patreon. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. And then head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star rating and review. Then be sure to join us next week when we'll
1: be experts on two whole new topics. Podcast adjourned. And now for a note about our process. I read a bunch of stuff, then regurgitate it all back up in my very limited vocabulary. And I copy and paste from the best sources on the web, and sometimes Wikipedia. So we owe a huge thank you to the real experts. I got my info from the 48 Hours episode, The Case Against Michael Polite, a piece from Sarah Finski for St. Louis On The Air reporting, and reporting from The Daily Journal. I got my info from ChillingCrimes.com, an article from... For oxygen.com, CBS News, and the court record. For a full list of our sources, visit lgtcpodcast.com.
2: Any errors are, of course, ours, but please don't take our word for it. Go read their stuff.